Hi. Hi. I'm Dustin. I'm Robin. Pleasure to meet you. Uh, is, is she here? Is who here? Henderson. <laughs> Henderson. He's back. He's back. I'm back. You got the job. You got the job. Yay. Oh. <laughs> How many children are you friends with? No, no. No way. Hotter than Phoebe Cates? Mm -hmm. No. Brilliant. Too. And she doesn't even care that my real pearls are still coming in. She says kissing is better without teeth. Wow. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm, that's great. Proud of you, man. That's, mm -hmm. that, that's kind of romantic. That's like, mm. wow. <laughs> so do you really just get to eat as much of this as you want? Yeah, I mean, sure. It's not a really good idea for me, though. You know, I got to keep in shape for the ladies. Yeah, and how's that working out for you? Ignore her. She seems cool. She's not. Exploring faith and fear, what scares us and what saves us. This is the fear of God. Asian Andy, y'all been around for a while. Uh, you might know the sordid history the Stranger Things TV show has with the fear of God and the hilarious. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> uh, uh, story associated with Stranger Things season two, which actually it all comes full circle. Stranger Things season two beget how we now currently cover TV because we realized it did. that was not smart what we did, uh, how we did what we did, uh, it was which exhausting. was oh, yeah, was so and tiring friendship testing. Um, and uh, <laughs> we covered Stranger Things season two in like one episode. We watched all eight episodes independent of each other and came to the table with varying different or, or rather very different takes on that season mm -hmm. and had to slog through a three hour conversation about it. It was tough. Mm -hmm. So, but we're coming back around because, because, you know, I rewatched all of uh, Stranger Things recently with my kids and my heart softened towards season two, though it does still have some significant cracks in the foundation, but uh, I do love season three. And so here we are uh, because season three takes place in July. It's circa July 4th in the universe of Stranger Things. We're also going to be discussing that over the course of these next four episodes. So I don't know if y'all came to party, but I'm here to party like it's 1989. Um, mm. yeah. Or so 85, 86, any, yeah. any of them, any of them all at all. Of them. All right. So, so are, is everybody ready to go to Starcourt mall? Everybody ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. I got all right. my bike. So got first, some, po right. some pocket mm -hmm. change. All right. So it. first of all, all right. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome you once again to a very special season of Hashtag TV Guideposts, wherein we are going to be going back to Hawkins, back to the AV Club, 
back to the arcade, and most importantly, back to Starcourt Mall, and hopefully not too deep into the Upside Down as we explore all together at our Those Fog and 80s party, Stranger Things Season 3. Specifically this week, episodes 1 and 2 called Susie, Do You Copy? and The Mall Rats. Welcome to TV Guideposts. It'll sound a lot better when it's actually like, you know, like done, we, yeah. you know, special we'll fix it yeah. in post. We'll fix yeah. it in editing. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, OK, so th- this is our first episode talking about Stranger Things in a few years. So one of the things that I was as I was watching this that just made my heart sore and it is probably my favorite thing whenever I watch any movie that is set in the 80s is the big montage sequence where they go into Starcourt Mall in Hawkins. And I am, it it just fills my heart to overflowing because I have so many fond memories, more than I could possibly count, of spending time at the mall as a kid. um, Specific And malls are still around, but they're they're different now because like online shopping has kind of taken over the world and and just the way that we engage it is so much uh, so much different. So I wanted to kind of toss out there. Uh, does anybody have any sort of specific fond memories of going and visit? And I'll, I'll start to give everybody time to time to think. But uh, fond memories of going back to the mall. I have a very specific um, it's it's odd that this is be, would be what stands out for me. But I remember that when we would go to the mall, they, I would usually have like a route. I would go to the little directory. Remember the directory would, that would set up and it'd say like, oh, you are here and these are all the different places. And it was like a puzzle grid that you had to find out exactly where the store was mm-hmm. that you wanted to go to. And I would usually map out my route. I was like, okay, I'm going to hit up the, uh, the bookstore right here, usually a Barnes & Noble. I'm going to hit the bookstore right there. I'm going to go up to the FYE which was the four-year entertainment yep, that was, yep. you know, I would hit them up. Uh, <laughs> I might swing back around to the Lifeway Christian bookstores, see what they've got going on. I would make my way all the way uh, down through there. Um, but I remember very specifically one time it was, it was so happy for me. I had a little bit of, you know, change in my pocket that I, a little bit of uh, spending cash and I would just meet my mom and dad back in the food court, you know, where they would let me pick out whatever I wanted, usually Sabaro pizza. So I would, oh, I would I go, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, so um, so basically I would make my way around. But one time, I don't know why this memory stands out so much to me. I was at FYE, which is why I brought it up. And they have those little bins in FYE where there's just a bunch of cassette tapes. Anybody remember? Do y'all remember cassette tapes? Did y'all own cassette tapes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, bro. So, yeah. OK, I'm just saying I'm just saying. So I'm sitting there browsing through and these were specifically cassette tapes. I saw two right together of a band called Survivor. And one of the albums there was called Vital Signs. And the other one was called None Other. And it had this fancy popping, like severe close up of the animal's face. But one of them was called Eye of the Tiger. Mm. And they were both $5 a piece. And I picked those up and plopped my money down. Had no clue. It was a blind buy. It was an utter blind buy. I had not seen Rocky Three. No context whatsoever. It was a blind buy. But I went and I bought. And the first time I put in survivor's eye of the tiger which was the first time i ever heard the and i mean like blew my mind just absolutely blew my mind and i'm sitting there i'm in the car with my walkman and i've got my big old you know sony headphones 
on and I've and uh, blasting Survivor's Eye of the Tiger. That was one of that was one of my favorite experiences. I was like, God, I love them all. I love them all. I've come back with this this raw treasure, and my mind is blown. And so now, is it uh, safe to say that these were singles and not full <laughs> albums? Because that was a thing. Because it sounds they, like five bucks for for no, they were a, they were a, a full album in that era. Well, because remember, it sounds low. But remember, FYE sells used. And so I believe fairly certain that these were used, but they were full albums. Vital Signs had 10 songs. Mm. Eye of the mm. Tiger had 10 songs. Gotcha. I mean, like, and not only Eye of the Tiger, like, kicked the door down, but I'm not that man anymore. Like, that was my jam for a while. Like, my, you know, the, the girlfriend in, man. like, third grade, you know, like, who, I was like, you know, that was, that was a big deal. I, and then, you know, I had no idea what's... Uh, <laughs> still trying to find that out. Still trying just, to find that out. I just have you been know, listening you know? the last four years, Andy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, Is I had no idea what uh, Silver Girl meant. You know, uh, yes, it was a rhetorical. <laughs> but um, but no, like, and one of my favorite songs. If anybody uh, is curious about Survivor Beyond Eye of the Tiger, you you got to hear from Vital Signs, which is the better album. But Eye of the Tiger is pretty great. But um, I can't hold back. An everlasting man is pure '80s. Pull it up on whatever streaming service you're listening to right now. Survivors, I can't hold back and everlasting. I still remember buying those cassettes. Like that's the that's how strong an impression it left on me. Is I can still yeah. remember picking up little, that Eye of the Tiger cassette. It was a little a wacky. Deal. So yes, cassettes. So I mean that was my that was my fun it. reminiscence of it. Who 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 else wants to share? If you have anything about like, do you spend any time at the mall? Do you, do you do anything fun? Asia, Andy. I mean, I definitely remember going to the mall a lot when I was a kid because the mall where I so the mall where I grew up used to be <clears throat> from my perspective really really cool um yeah. but if we're going to talk about it in stranger things terms as I got older it pretty much very quickly went to the upside down and oh. has been a non-existent ghost area for many many years oh, wow. but sure. when I was a kid, it was everything. That was where everything was. And I think my biggest memories in that mall growing up were was Christmas shopping. And there's something so mm. nostalgic mm-hmm. about going to, you know, the there's always the big stores like Elder Bearman's or Sears or, you know, whatever the shops right. were at the time Bankers. on either end of the, of the store and just kind of trailing behind your mom in the shopping cart, just listening <laughs> to the music, not actually caring what you buy for anybody else. Right. But right. <laughs> um, I think that is probably the most potent memories I have at the mall, aside from, you know, the little milestones, like getting your ears pierced at Claire's when you're 13 Mm. Um, oh, wow. I don't have any 80s mall memories because yeah, that wasn't yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, oh, sure. Yeah, Understood. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, but Joe Exotic did come to our mall. That was what? one of the few very cool things that happened where I live. I did not get to go see Joe Exotic, but I saw the posters and I saw their van. Oh, my gosh. And I live across the street from the guy who did all his tattoos. So anyhow. Wow, That's but he he did like a signing or like he, yes, he went he by there. Yes, he brought tigers. Like... He brought tigers to the mall. He oh my! Did like gosh. one of those. If you watch Tiger King, the Orchards Mall in Benton Harbor, Michigan, is on the map where they do all of the wow all of the overlays there. So, oh my gosh, that is so crazy! And I'm amazed at how much uh, tigers are coming up in this episode already. Like, I, I just I love it so much. It was yeah, an accident. seriously, an accident. That's yeah, right. to- that's Tony right. the Tiger. That's 80s. Oh, no. sure. <laughs> that's yeah. right. That's right. They're, They're great. great. 
Yeah, you gotta get it. You gotta get the tiger beat. Right. Tiger beat. There you go. Wow, <laughs> nice. You read that a lot, didn't you, Andy? Um, uh, no. How nope. do you think I am? I don't, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I did think if I didn't make it to the store to get the Super Mario Brothers shirt that I've got on right now, and everybody get in your '80s attire real quick, so I can take oh. a picture on the thing. Let us see it, Andy. Put your Andy, there you go. Andy is posing as ET tonight. Yes, <clears throat> that's going to be an awkward picture, but that's awesome because that's the 80s. But I did forget what I was saying. Andy, go. <laughs> the mall. And the mall. The mall was where I used to go and like cruise for chicks. Man. <laughs> <laughs> like I would like psych myself up and I'd get like $20. And I was like, today is the day I talk to a girl and um i don't think i ever spoke to a girl <laughs> at the mall um <laughs> but i would go it would be like but you had your 20 bucks i have my 20 bucks i remember buying the outcast cd okay oh boy. Um, <clears throat> i worked at the mall i worked at like hmm. i found a loop well i say it was a loophole i was young i was like 17 18 and i was like women's store have to women's store have to hire men and so i worked at victoria's secret and i worked at wet seal um and i was like <laughs> I love the 80s. they've got they've got to they've got to hire me because i'm a man and if they sure. don't i'm going to discriminate against you you can't discriminate and <laughs> the Victoria's Secret ladies were the nastiest ladies I've ever met in my life. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Not no. the customers, the ladies. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, but I was surprised at the crudeness. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, says the guy what? who exploited the, the legal loophole to get a job there. <laughs> Either way. Self-awareness. I sure. Self-awareness. It. I did it. So, right. um Many fond memories of the mall, I, but I never met that special someone. Mm-hmm. Um, it took it took me going to camp, but we're not mm. talking about camp. Oh no! Unless, but yeah. unless we talk about episode one. Mm. Mm. Oh, that's we'll right, because Dustin there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dustin <laughs> Master of Segways. That's yeah. right. That was deftly done. That was really well, great. So mall story here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like Sorry. I like the mall. It was fun. Uh, no, I worked at the mall uh, as well at the old Christian bookstore and have lots of fond memories of mm. the mall. Um, and I exploited that loophole because these days they'd be like, I don't know about that, Nathan. <laughs> Are you sure you want to work here? Um, but uh, actually, my my fondest memories of the mall as a kid was much like the Stranger Things crew at the arcade. Um, I've referenced mm. it before, I think, on the show, but. Uh, good pal growing up, Lucas Schaefer in Columbus, Georgia. We would go to Diamond Gems on Sunday morning. His dad would load us up with a bunch of quarters and off we'd go for a few hours. It was a grand old time uh, when that would happen. And then a few years later in high school, yes, worked at the mall. And I still get made fun of by my wife because I will still comment how whenever we're at the mall, I'm like, I sure do like the mall. It's a weird, I don't, I don't even really... I can't explain it's it. Safe. Just it's safe. Nostal- well, 
Not really. I mean, <laughs> um, we had a shooting at one of ours about uh, a year oh ago. Oh, my God. But yes. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. my God. Uh, but, this I mean, that, that's, that's America. So what do we say? Yeah. <laughs> Malls, Heroes movies, so, churches. So yeah, yeah. Things were going yeah. great. Yeah, so all of a sudden, it's like reality Yay, comes malls. crashing down. Oh yes, yes, yes. Nonetheless. Well, no, I have a grand I, fondness for the mall. Yes, Reed. Well, you just described this whole like, oh man, I love the mall. Like we did. So, so when things had started to decline a bit in terms of COVID cases and everything, we went and I was with my in-laws and it was me, my wife, my son and her parents. And we were just browsing around at their mall, which is a legit mall, but uh, you know, it's, um, what is an illegit mall? One where it's like, <laughs> like a strip, strip mall. mall. Yeah, yeah right. like a strip mall. That's an illegit mall. That's the illegit mall. Yeah. It's like, you know, okay. you, you go Too inside, legit. you have it, you have to have like at least three escalators. You know, I don't uh, okay. know exactly okay. what the rules okay. are. But okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, just the, the fondness of just like walk. I remember thinking like as I was walking, I was like, oh, my God, I miss this. I love this. So just walking around. There's this little, you know, I walk by a guy who's trying to sell me something that'll clean my phone and I'm not interested. But I'm, you know, I'm just keep mm. moving right on down and then uh the all the little like stands for calendars and things like that i just it's fun it was just really enjoyable and i picked up uh, i think a couple of Shit's creek t-shirts while i was there that you mm. know i was just like oh man it's just fun to look around because i think that's the thing is like uh browsing things on the internet is not quite the same because mm -hmm. there's there has to be a certain degree of like prompting you have to be looking for something i mean yeah you can go to a particular website and start to browse things but uh, i don't know i just loved the discovery of the mall, the surprise of the mall. Like I'm going to stumble across something, either window shopping or I, I walk in like something catches my eye and there's just, um, it, it's not quite the same doing that anymore. And uh, so, yeah. Or you might stumble upon a transmission of a Russian recording and code uh, signaling other nefarious activities. Speaking of deft segues. Segway. <laughs> So, yeah, so we are here uh, not just to talk about uh, malls, but to talk about Stranger Things, episode one and two. Um, I, I will give you each a, a, a few moments to just talk about your general like fondness or not for Stranger Things. Um, and since this is season three, presumably you've seen one and two as well. Asia, I'm going to come to you first. Um, what do you what do you generally think about like where where do Stranger Things sit in your imagination? Just like, oh, that's a show or, you know, great fondness or where does that sit for you? I loved, loved Stranger Things during my first interactions with it ever. Every, mm. I didn't see it until many, many months after the rest of the world had. I was very oh. late, late to the party. And I think I was putting off watching it because I just didn't want to hop on the bandwagon. But then once I did, I was like, okay, I guess we're buckling in because I'm here for the rest of this because <laughs> right. this is fantastic. Um, so yeah, lots of fondness for the whole, the lore of the show, the, the characters obviously are just such, um, wonderful, wonderful sticking points for anybody to just latch onto and say, I love each and every one of you. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's a lot of, a lot of fondness there for all of the seasons. I was surprised for some reason in my memory, I had it in my mind that I wasn't very fond of season three. And oh. then upon revisiting episodes one and two for this, mm -hmm. I was like, I really like this. Why? <laughs> awesome. What was I thinking? This is, <laughs> this is great. I'm, I'm enjoying myself. What's yeah. Going on? There's a definite energy around. I had a similar experience watching these two and I already knew my affection going into it was high, but 
in many ways, because I'd seen the show a couple of times, I thought like, oh, well, this will just be the box check. I'm going to refresh myself on the narratives. And then maybe 15 minutes into the first episode, I was like, oh, my God, Mm -hmm. that music. I see, you know, like Hopper and and Mike and Elle are like trying to make out the room and everything. It's just like it's so so much uh, about the energy of the show. And like you said, the characters just begins to sort of enliven and energize me. Andy, what about you? Where's your where does Stranger Things sit for you? Um, on the shelf. Oh no! <laughs> I you just kind of um, tolerate it. I tolerate it. I I tried to. I got into the first on the season. Shelf. Nice. What on the show? Yeah, no, that's just that clever. Good. I appreciate was, it. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> what can I say? Um, I, I I just couldn't get into the hype. You know, mm. like I just um, I I. I uh, was born in 1987, so I didn't get like the 80s, 80s. Like I mm. sort of did, but I would. I would. I'm more of a 90s kid, so sure. I just Stranger Things didn't ha- doesn't have that um, <clears throat> pow for sure. me. Um, it's it. It's just like, uh, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh synth music like, oh, oh wow <laughs> oh john carpenter watching... influence <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> who <laughs> were... yeah so... what? So, all right all right all right so no it's it's so really come fun back having you at the party the hellraiser go, yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, go, yeah, 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 go, yeah go get a drink go refresh your drink yeah. Yeah, at the yeah. party <laughs> um I I I am the one who was so down on season two that I was worried going into three uh, when I initially watched it, and I blazed through season three the first time in in sort of the weekend watch the viewing, and then my older kids in twenty twenty one like uh, maybe fall 20? maybe fall okay uh, it was during COVID era but. Um, can't remember precisely when got them into the show, which had an adverse effect because they want at least one of them became hyper obsessed to the point of annoyance. But um, that's a whole other thing. Um, nonetheless, rewatched the whole series with them and just just recalibrated on two and rediscovered my love of three. Uh, we did a whole family viewing of that, and even just rewatching these two, first two episodes i don't I, and i say this sincerely I, I whatever misgivings i have on two i completely abandon for three i I, mm. I love the energy i love the cast i love the new characters i love the interactions i mean even just i, I think i think uh getting into specifics of the episode i think the the reintroduction and reacquaintance of um, Steve and Dustin are, is, is one of the most glorious joyous scenes in just about anything. It's so fun. And so wonderful having those characters do their thing. And, and I love Joe Curie. I mean, they, they stumbled on something really special with him. David Harbor is just amazing. I don't know. I, I really, really have a fondness for, for especially season three. I, I am apprehensive if I'm perfectly honest about what four might be, uh, mm. but I, I'm, I'm willing to go into it open-hearted and open-minded. Uh, sure. But for the moment, as far as, as far as this goes, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. And I, I would agree too, that 
Well, with each season, I remember, to your point, when season two ended, and I was out the gate an apologist for season two. There were a lot of people oh, who... I know. Let's, you know, yeah. I mean, with, you know, it really, it, it, it was taxing. Um, but uh, <laughs> I remember, like, there were just... There were things about the boldness of them trying a couple of new things that I liked. And I, that's not to say that I thought everything worked wonderfully well, but I feel like... I just really connected with several things that they were attempting that made it more endearing than I kind of uh, expected. And so then when season three is again, so energetic right out the gate, they recalibrate to some of the things that they had really captured from the first one with, okay, this is, we're really going to embrace the eighties. Like uh, it, it doesn't really kick in until episode two, but like that whole, like spending so much time at the mall and just everything again feels very 80s. I will say about season two that season two felt like it was generally just set in the same town. And you have like a couple of things here or there that stand out, but it all takes place around Halloween. So that, I don't know, it, it didn't quite feel as much like it was an 80s love letter. And then I think they recalibrated to put that back in. And I do think that I was mentioning this to my wife that I think that. I would be curious. I think the show is objectively great for, for my opinion, but I do think it benefits a bit from timing because I do wonder if season one were to drop, say, right now, or if season one were to drop during the pandemic, I wonder if it would have been the cultural phenomenon that it became. And that's not to take anything away from the quality of the show that I think is there, but I do wonder. Netflix produces so much now, and Stranger Things came out when they were not doing, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, any percentage of degree to what they're putting out right now. So they basically pumped a lot of marketing into like, it's Stranger Things, and then it's the OA, and there were like a few other shows that they had kind of oh, really, way. right, that but they had really like... The whoa. <laughs> the whoa. <Hey. laughs> but, um, and so I do wonder about that, because I think Stranger, th and again, that's not to say that I think Stranger Things is subpar. I genuinely love it. But I think the reason it caught on so profoundly, culturally speaking, is uh, it benefited from when it came out as well, I think. Um, so pointing to, uh, we can dive in a little bit if you want, pointing to a couple of things. I figure maybe we can round robin if anybody has a couple of things that they specifically want to mention. Uh, I did want to call out just because I'm a horror nerd and I only recently watched this movie like within the last two years. But the movie that they're watching in the theater is Day of the Dead, which is the second sequel to the original Night of the Living Dead by uh, George Romero. And so that's, that's uh -huh. the opening sequence of the third film in George Romero's Dead series called Day of the Dead. Um, the second thing I'll mention before I give somebody else the floor is um, I do love you mentioned David Harbour like I love Harper as a character take apart everything that I said about like Stranger Things and its 80s love and everything like I think Har Hopper is a genuinely interesting genuinely well-rounded uh, David Harbour's performance as well like I think that's a character that is strong regardless of the show he's sure. in. A yeah. very interesting character um, he's interesting because he is that sort of alpha male type but he's got a legitimately big heart that is apparent in what he's doing like he's doing what he's doing because he cares but there's also a kind of a an undercurrent of melancholy to everything that's happening um, so I think again huge applause to David Harbour's performance but I think Hopper is uh, a particularly strong character by any objective standards from from my point of view. Um, somebody else uh, take the baton. Uh, uh, specifically, maybe if there's something in this uh, first episode, Susie, do you copy? 
that uh, you wrote down or mentioned or, or can think of that you want to point out? Yeah. Oh, you go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, I just love, I love the um, idea of just like the girlfriend and oh, talking yeah. to him and mm. talking to her and like we've all, maybe we all haven't been there, but like we've gone to camp and we fall in love <laughs> and um, we come back and nobody's, gone to the same camp as us and we're like oh yeah i mm-hmm. met Susie at camp and, we're gonna talk <laughs> and, and it's gonna be so sweet and everybody's like no no you didn't meet a girl look at you and i was like oh. <laughs> it's like and then i spent uh, then that started this and that started that. i'm just I kidding that but just um camp is very nostalgic for me just because mm. i met my wife at a camp and mm. um I helped put on summer camps and it's the second year we're missing our youth summer camp. Cause I'm a, many of you know, I'm a youth pastor. And so we're missing it still just, just to be safe mm-hmm. for COVID. Um, but just the, I love summer camp love and mm-hmm. it's just so <laughs> amazing. So, <laughs> well, and you, oh, you make like an that. interesting point, Andy, because as, as poppy as the show is, they they really find some some emotional mileage out of some of those notes they hit about about the growing relationships mm-hmm. of the kids and the the distance they're feeling i'm thinking specifically of will uh, his attempts to oh gosh yeah reestablish what is clearly lost in in terms of the the circle that that existed yeah. or at least the way it existed and and to your point about dustin's maturation despite being kind of still the the clown uh the growth he's experiencing that has you know not to get too far ahead of ourselves that has one of the most superb payoffs and just about anything but um but no i'm with you i I really love how they reintroduce because because so often something like this could run the risk and they often do of your characters never move that they, they just are static kind of thing static kind of entities and so i do like at least that there's it's kind of like there's, lost i don't know what that means but uh <laughs> there's 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 life happening off screen for these characters and i think that's yeah i think that's pretty powerful yeah no, asia, I, asia what about you any specifics of these yeah you were about to say something well i think i think the the main theme and gosh i hope this is episode one i think episode one and two kind of ran together for me mm. the whole sub narrative going on with mrs wheeler and billy mm. i believe oh, that yeah. that starts yeah, accumulating yeah, starts in episode yeah. one it's in one mm-hmm. that whole sub narrative to me was so out of left field you know when you mm. first start watching it you're like what mm-hmm. <laughs> you know oh yeah her nancy's mom and and this terrible person from season two like how is this happening but i kept and i don't want to jump ahead in the the pace of the podcast too quickly but i i caught up with stranger things after i had watched hellraiser and oh. the beats that i just kept thinking about is the question of well, how different were the decisions made between mm. mrs wheeler versus you know you know, mm-hmm. like opportunities that were given to um, lead characters in Hellraiser, which again, I won't, sure. I won't get there before we get there. But that sure. really, really stood out to me, this viewing mm. of the struggle that this sort of disenchanted housewife kind of mm. has to go through. And, and just what a, 
I think in some sense it's it's kind of played up a lot for laughs and doesn't really end up going anywhere. But it really was a a narrative that had such potentially catastrophic consequences mm. had it had pretty much anything gone differently, mm, you know, yeah. given the fact yeah. that had Mrs. Wheeler and he actually met up versus had she just been on the same road as him that night trying to get to the same place. It's right. It's what a interesting little plot that doesn't ultimately end up panning out to anything, but that really, really at least took me for a ride this mm. viewing. Sure. Well, I, I think, I think you're illustrating too, though, one of the strengths of perhaps the overall show, but specifically season three, not literally everybody, but they serve these characters really well. And, yes. and the fact that you can take what, yes, is slightly out of left field, but have for as little screen time as that arc actually gets, it packs a punch when it's mm-hmm. present. I mean, mm-hmm. what stops her is rather emotionally charged and I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even that, if you recall, you know, uh, ahead of the where we're at currently, but there is that arc is buoyed up later in the mm-hmm. season with just their involvement at the, at the, carnival thing the circle whatever right. it's called yeah um and point being i'm with you i think i think they serve her well and the fact that that steers no pun intended directly into the conflict of the whole season which is billy's being overtaken um, yeah absolutely um one more thing i want to mention about that that's more present in episode one before we move on to episode two is um joyce obviously huge abundant affection for winona Ryder. um she was one of the anchor points for me to the only real actor that I knew going into season one it was like, Oh, what on a writer's in this. Um, and I love that they've carried over some things about her relationship with Bob, Sean Aston, who died in season two. And so much of the, what I love about it is I love the, the little touches that they've made things like they've drawn the little superhero Bob that they put on the fridge. She's sitting there having a TV dinner alone and remembering how they used to laugh about a TV show that melancholy really um, digs in. And especially because the rapport she has with Hopper, I really appreciate the way the show in this early stage is handling that, that it's like, it's not just that she and Hopper who are clearly friends and clearly close and clearly have gone through some things together that they have a bond. Um, and clearly also he has some feelings for her that he wants to try to explore, but she's still, I, I just like that. They didn't just write Bob off that. It wasn't mm-hmm. just like, Oh, he was the cameo appearance for season two. And now is sort of uh, summarily dispatched. I like that. They tried to do a couple of things to show exactly how she's coping and, and kind of trying to move. I just really like that growth for that character, which is more highlighted in episode one than it is in uh, episode two. Yeah, there's, um, there's a lot of really, the grief there is really tangible and mm-hmm. it's really powerful. No, I abs- I absolutely agree. Um, so if we didn't have anything more on that, episode two is called The Mall Rats. And we're not going into a lot of plot details in this, but fundamentally in episode one, we find our characters. We mentioned Dustin is back home from camp and the, the, the kind of the crew is all reunited. They've got Mad Max part of the team now and uh, everybody's kind of uh, joining together. But Mike and Elle are officially sort of dating. But in episode one, Hopper kind of puts a kibosh on that. He doesn't like where that's heading and he gives Mike the threatening dad talk. So Mike 
backs right off. But when he backs off, of course, L, who her experiences throughout the entire show have been completely unlike any other child, uh, not only because of her supernatural abilities, but just her experience growing up in the lab and everything. So uh, there, there's a very uh, specific way in which she understands trust in the world. And so one of the things core is friends don't lie. Like, do you lie? Friends don't lie. Like uh, lying is like one of the worst possible things in Elle's mind that you can do to her. So when Mike under threat of Hopper, beating him up or doing whatever uh lies to her about his his nana um then that sends her into the you know she she's gonna break up with him she runs off with max to the mall where we spend probably two-thirds of this episode is just in them running around the mall which is uh pure delight but your mom called it's your grandma it's <laughs> not okay <laughs> i love david harper so much and i love that you can see him in real time crafting them he's like your mom and like you yeah. know like you could see the wheels yeah, turning yeah. behind his eyes it was just it was really really funny um have any of you ever had the dad talk or the mom talk with um mm, with somebody what, that yeah. you're you potential asking? like like mm-hmm. harper had with him of us like you hurt my daughter i'm gonna kill you like as has anybody ever has i feel ever it happened to you but haven't had <laughs> to do it yet you haven't had to do it have no. like before oh i had it done to me yeah yeah what i had what did you have done to you (laughs) my my high school girlfriend's dad had the talk with me wow he was but he was weird like he was straight up weird (laughs) he worked the third shift and i kid you not he requested that his entire family sleep through the day and stay awake with him at night and well, yeah, that's not but, weird. That's deranged. <laughs> but and it was and so like when I started uh, seeing uh, his daughter, I it, yeah, it was like just the whole dynamic was a bit odd. And you sure um, it's not like a let let the right one in sort of scenario? <laughs> right, like you escaped a horror movie. Maybe I did. <laughs> Maybe I did. I'm just saying. Maybe Reed's life just got best. so much better realizing that he's like, like wait, oh man, that's amazing. Hallelujah. That's uh, that's <laughs> so. But no. Did somebody's mom like take you aside and this is my baby? Like <laughs> you don't hurt him <laughs> or her, you know, until Yeah, moms um, don't tend to have those talks as much. My dad was the exact opposite of any hmm. of that though. Like my my mom was more the one to be a little, little bit like hmm. that. Hmm. But whenever I would tell my dad, like, hey, so and so wants to like date me, he's gonna come ask you if he can date me, he'd be like, Why? Like they're gonna date you, not me. Like that. <laughs> oh wow! I mean, to illustrate this point a little bit, when we were doing the family watching of season three, there were chuckles in the room at my expense because <laughs> of how resonant my family knows those Hopper scenes are. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm with you, bro. Like, <laughs> I haven't had to deal with that yet, but. <laughs> Thank you, here, COVID. You know, here it goes. It's, it's, we've all been in the house for a year, and there's been no, none of that, whatever happening. Oh uh, my god! But I do, I, yeah, I worry about me during those <laughs> during those times. Um, I did want to throw out Dan Gummin. Oh, I wanted to add one more to the mix here that's relevant to all of it is uh, Reed. You mentioned Winona Ryder and just the casting in general. Of course, we get Carrie Elwes as Larry the Mayor, but oh, yeah. I mean is there a better addition writ large than Maya Hawk as Robin? I mean, mm. she is so great in this season and 
uh, I have increased affection for that family specifically after good Lord bird, which she also, uh, shows up in throughout. So just really fun addition to the gang here. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I do love the new characters, like you mentioned. And uh, I have one more thing that I'll mention if nobody else does, but I want to sort of give the floor before we, you know, sort of round this out and move on into our next film. Does anybody else have anything either specifically about episode two, about these first pair of episodes or something about Stranger Things that, that you haven't mentioned that you want to? If not, I'll wrap off with my thing and we'll move on. But mm, anything? No? I do. No? Oh, I well, mean, well. you know, one of the one of the the touch points of the whole series is it's is it's excellent music selections and few mm. are as well selected and timed as cold as ice from the police when 11 wow. dumps Mike. That is a great moment. It was wonderful. It was <laughs> so really good. wonderful. I was thinking that this particular like the first couple of episodes, they really pull out like they're they are starting strong with some of their big, big, you know, recognizable 80s song, you know, like I just died in your arms tonight. And, mm. and they're, they're really going is that in for this episode. These two? Well, yeah. 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 It's when, it's when, when uh, Mrs. Wheeler is putting on the makeup oh, and daydreaming great, about Billy. That's a yeah. Great song. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we, what we, song. what we did is great song. What we didn't mention <laughs> uh, before we leave is just the primary threat. So it's easy to forget because these first couple of episodes set the stage so well about, uh, these great characters, these great character relationships that this is ostensibly still a horror show. And the primary threat here, at least what we know about it, is Billy, who we mentioned earlier. He was an absolute tool in episode in, in season two. But in this one, he has been sort of sucked in by this entity whose intentions and motives we don't know yet. But th there's this severe like infection. And what we know about it is he's been sent to sort of like bring in others to try to get copied and infected as well maybe duplicated maybe just infected themselves that one shot in episode two where mrs wheeler is like trying to check on him and it looks oh, like yeah. and you think for a second he right. just turns around mm -hmm. yeah just turns mm -hmm. around and slams her head against the wall it's just an illusion but uh yeah that i forgot that moment and jumped straight up out of the chair when i was watching it um but we still don't know entirely very much about it, except, uh, oh, God, the rats. Like, the rats are all swarming mm -hmm. to it and then popping like popcorn. It was just Ugh. like, yeah, it's, it's really, really. So, you know, we'll learn more about that threat as time goes on. But if everybody's okay, we'll uh, draw to a close. Are we, all, are we all good? Are we ready for... <clears throat> so, ladies and gentlemen, it's time now. Uh, you, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. It's time to exit the mall, and you have to make your purchases, make your way to your counter, and, uh, and, and just pick up your items and then leave, and we'll see you back here next time, next week, as a matter of fact, when we have yet another 80s party and we revisit uh, Stranger Things Season 2, this time for Episodes 3 and 4. We'll see you right back here next week. Hopefully not in the Upside Down, but hopefully very, very much in all things Starcourt and Hawkins at hashtag TV guideposts. Awesome. Love, love it. All right. You see this? This is the route you're going to take. Then we just wait till the last delivery goes out tonight. Then you knock out the grate, jump down, open the door. Then you find out what's in those boxes? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And you say this guard is armed. Yes, but he won't be there. And booby traps? Booby traps? Laser spikes in the wall? Spikes. What? You know what this half-baked plan of yours sounds like to me? 
child endangerment. We'll be in radio contact with you the whole time. Uh-uh, no- uh-uh. Child endangerment. Erica, hi. Uh, we think these Russians want to do harm to our country. Great harm. Don't you love your country? You can't spell America without Erica. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oddly, that's uh, totally true. So, so, don't do this for us. Do it for your country. Do it for your fellow man. Do this for America. Erica. Ooh, I just got the chills. Oh, yeah, from this float, not your speech. You know what I love most about this country? Capitalism. Do you know what capitalism is? Yeah. Yeah. It means this is a free market system, which means people get paid for their services depending on how valuable their contributions are. And this seems to me, my ability to fit into that little bit is very, very valuable to you all. So, you want my help? This USS Butterscotch better be the first of many. And I'm talking free ice cream for life. Uh, Before we get into our big main coverage, uh, we have a little stopover in Hawkins to do. So let me formally uh, bring us in. Ladies and gentlemen, it is once again time for us to venture off into the Upside Down. Hopefully not stay there too long, but uh, more appropriately check in with all of our disparate quests and side hustles that are going on in the city of Hawkins. All of our characters in Stranger Things Season 3, specifically Episodes 3 and 4, for coverage today on this week's Hashtag TV Guideposts. Welcome to it. Delightful. Okay, so I have to ask... Uh, we did this last time when we sort of inaugurated everybody in. I'm just going to kind of go around in a circle because I need to know kind of where everybody stands. Nathan and I don't have to repeat our sort of standing on Stranger Things, you know, that's been well covered on the podcast before. But Dave, Mr. McFly himself, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, what's your what's your history? I, I know that you and I have have uh, discoursed before on uh, Facebook about like your your general sort of concerns around Netflix. So I can understand how Stranger Things might fit in a particular bubble for you. But I'm curious what your landscape is for for this particular show. Uh, do you like it? Do you not care for it? What's your thoughts? It's a show that uh, you would think I would really like, but I'm sad to say <laughs> it's not my cup of tea. I'm glad Andy went first last. It was Andy, right? Last <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'm glad yeah. he went first because he kind of paved the way for, for me. I feel like I might even be more down on the show than he is. But Interesting. Okay, uh, cool. Cool. Well, we welcome all. Fun times uh, ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, we welcome all opinions here. Um, if your internet goes out unexpectedly, don't be concerned. We'll bring you. We'll bring you right back. <laughs> um, Jackson, I'm coming to you next. What's your Stranger Things history? You like it? You love it? You hate it? You whatever? I don't watch it. I saw. <laughs> I saw the first couple episodes when it premiered a few years ago, and I wasn't that interested in it. I did not continue watching it, and. Uh, only today did I venture into two random episodes from the, third, <laughs> from the middle of the third season. So You're like, I'm just going to watch these without. I was rather confused. <laughs> so <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. That's about all I have on that. All right. 
All right, but at least you saw these two episodes as part of preparation for the podcast, and that's dedication. I did watch those two episodes. <laughs> Proud of some thoughts. Cool, cool. Actually, I am okay. So this okay. is going to sound this is going to sound a bit patronizing. It is in no way patronizing. You? I actually am very curious. Oh, shut your mouth. <laughs> so um, I am very curious to hear the thoughts of somebody who has literally only seen like a couple of episodes from the show. The way that we always used to engage TV shows before, you know, like yeah. in these days where you can get DVD box sets and everything streaming in bulk and you can binge everything. It's interesting. Back in the day, shows used to have to catch you with a random episode in the middle of season four just because you were scrolling past and that's how they would try to hook you in. So I am genuinely curious when we get into it, what your, well, what your thoughts are I didn't are on start it. watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer until the beginning of season six. Six. Oh wow! Deep and then it became right. one of my favorite favorite shows. So it's very See? possible. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Stranger uh, things have happened. Oh, I see what you did there. Wow. Um, okay, so Ian, uh, I'm I'm I've been friends with you for a while, and I actually don't know the answer to this question. What's your Stranger Things feelings? What? Are, where are you generally with the show? Uh, I'm at where I don't know if I like the show because I want to like Stranger Things after its first season or if there's actually something there that's really good that I'm sticking or that, that is pulling me back or if I'm gotcha. or if it's like how I kept seeing Michael Bay Transformers movies like maybe this one will be decent <laughs> yeah. that's a bitter bitter comp there <laughs> I was about to say like, like or, or like maybe get strange- movies you know at like, one well, point they I'll, will get this right right <laughs> hey I'll try Rise of Skywalker you know so <laughs> Yeah, it's well, the old wrong pod, uh, wrong pod. It's the old Bill Hicks joke about the the two mods who are on their way to the sun going it's going to be worth it, okay? It's right. going to be worth it. So yeah, um <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, you, it's like that one. Take you a second. Take you a second. Um okay, so we are here talking about episodes 3 and 4 of season 3 of Stranger Things. For anybody who wants to know all of our myriad thoughts, uh, check out the previous episodes uh, on Stranger Things Season 1 and 2. No need to go into all of those right now. But um, So, Episode 3 is called The Case of the Missing Lifeguard. It picks up plot-wise with some of the threat that we've been seeing where Billy's been sort of um, uh, infected, if you want to call it that. They use the term later in the series, uh, flayed, where he's kind of been possessed by the Mind Flayer who was exclusively a part of the upside down the gate opened and it had kind of remained uh in hawkins a remnant of it had remained in hawkins from some of the events of of, of season two um so I'll, I'll share sort of my initial thoughts on it um i i really like these pair of episodes but it was interesting to me i mentioned sort of in setting up everything lots of side quests Lots of uh, this group's going to go over here. We're going to track them for about 10 minutes. This group over here is doing this. We're going to track them. Um, and that's one of the things that I really enjoy about the series in general. And it, it's energy around um, the way it takes its time to layer certain things together that seem utterly disconnected. It seemed like they would have no substance connecting together. And then by the end of the season, whether you like the way they do this or not, they've, they've kind of collided all of these different things together uh, for a big, hopefully fun and, and energetic payoff. But I really like that. This, this pair of episodes, uh, specifically focusing on three for right now, because we'll get four deserves its due, spe- specifically when it's climax. Um, but I really like this episode in general. I'm going to go first to uh, Jackson to just see like, okay, sh- share some initial thoughts on like y- y- nothing but the episode to go on and maybe a first couple of episodes of season one. What were your thoughts on it? Like 
Yeah, just in general. Uh, well, I thought it was really interesting that at this point in the series, the group is kind of fractured because mm-hmm. you've got Dustin off doing his old other thing. Yeah. Um, that's Dustin, right? The, yeah, the, you're right. Nope, the curly haired character. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't really know the characters' names that well. And that's then fine. you've got Will you're, is you're starting doing great to so resent. Far. So it's Will, Dustin, Mike, and then who's the other kid? Lucas. 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 Yeah. Okay, okay. So you've got Will, and he's really starting to resent uh, Mike and Lucas for like having girlfriends mm-hmm. or wanting girlfriends because, I, you know, as they said, he's not interested in girls, and that's not their fault. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I For one thing, I thought it was just interesting that it was a very sort of character based episode there wasn't a whole lot of of like crazy creepy things going on um other than but other than like 11 you know continually like is she going into the upside down is that where she is in that black space you know that's uh, that's negligible so the show one of the things that despite my affection that i would sort of ding the show for is the show hasn't done a fantastic job of explaining the rules around that sort of um liquid you know black oozy it just made me think enters. of what's it the the under the, the skin of your hands yeah yeah no, absolutely. Like well um, I, if i can jump in there yeah i feel like it's pretty defined as kind of the mindscape like it is not mm. connected to the okay. upside down she can she's sort gotta of, like hear some sort of white noise or something yeah yeah in order you to gotta get focus into it. you gotta focus okay. when you know, gotcha. jean gray okay. you know emma frost all these you gotta have unless you're an <laughs> omega level you got to be able to tune the stuff out, you know? <laughs> yeah, I get, I get it. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Dave, what were your thoughts on this episode? I know your feelings on the show as a whole are a bit negative. Is there, you know, what, what's your take on kind of what the show is building at this point? Um, I think uh, for me, like I, I really didn't like season two and season three is a step up in my yeah. mind. Um, I think the, the scope of it, that it, that you can feel it heading in that direction already. Um, I am not a big fan of, uh, three specific characters and, um, I I might be unpopular for saying this, but (laughs) I'm not a fan of, of Dustin. I'm not a fan of Nancy. I'm not a fan of 11. So those three Hmm. characters, I really struggle to connect with, but the character that I really actually connected with in this season so far and i think she gets uh even more of a role in episode three is the the one who's leading the show at the mall there um oh, robin. Robin. Yep. robin oh she's super cool yes. i liked her yeah. i like her a lot yeah yeah and so i i like that episode three for me that was the highlight is that she's kind of like really stepping into um into her role mm-hmm. and we're getting to see a little bit more of her no i i definitely affirm all of that robin is a highlight of this season in general, and she's a bit of a scene stealer. Maya Hawk, Ethan Hawk's daughter, is um, obviously very charismatic as a performer. Oh, is that who that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's Ethan. I thought Hawke's she looked daughter. familiar. And I'm Uma, just seeing, let's, let's, I'm just seeing oh, those two people. Yes, 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 and and Uma. Um, I was connecting the Hawk name. I'm not trying to shortchange the beloved Uma Thurman. Okay, Sorry. like wow, wow, you're coming at me with your aviators. I'm, you, you, just you know. <laughs> but um but no she's she really is a very big scene stealer and i love the scene where she cracks the code like her just the energy around her Mm -hmm. running into the center of the mall putting together uh all of the different you know 
parts of the tape that they've been able to translate. I just, yeah, I, I agree with you. That's a very uh, energizing moment. Ian, how did you feel about this episode three? Um, you know, I, I guess the character I most was with was Will. Mm. Because, yeah. like, when I see Mike just, like, grossly making out, you know, I'm like, just play D and D is way more interesting than girls, <laughs> like this, which is also to bring it back to my Transformers riff earlier. What I found so implausible, more than any other single thing, was the fact that someone can save the world with giant robots, but then is more preoccupied with girls afterwards. Like I got, I got to be done saving the world because <laughs> I like this girl. Like that's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> you, you. My like, work here I is want, done. <laughs> I want Winston Zedmore to come in, like. When giant robots offer you the chance to save the world, you say yes. <laughs> yeah, we are mixing a lot right there. That's, I, I, I love it. <laughs> it's an 80s party. I mean, that's, that's what we're supposed All to do. All the 80s. All the um, time. I, I remember taking specific note, the scene where, because of its presence, particularly in season one, when Will destroys Castle Byers, I had an emotional yeah. reaction to that. That's... Yeah. That really I did is, too, and I don't watch the show. Mm, That's yeah. how good that moment was. Yeah. I mean, the actor just sells <laughs> yeah. the crap out of it. It's uh <laughs> you really feel the buildup of how desperate Will has been to connect with his friends. And he yeah. is he is admittedly the youngest of the group. Um, but to feel that sense of I don't have my place anymore. This was this was what I like you, your heart just breaks for him looking back at the photographs, the things that he once held with such fondness and calling them stupid. You know, I think we've all mm -hmm. had that reaction where we feel like the glee or the joy that we once enjoyed about a thing um, has been somehow polluted or that it's been lost. And so we feel this confrontational energy around like, oh, we, we kind of despise who we used to be. And uh, yeah, I, I agree that that moment is incredibly well, they, powerful. <clears throat> they do a great job of of editing into that scenes from season one of them playing yeah, D &D. yeah. and so, one of the strengths of this show is because the cast is the age it was when it started and is now and will be you've got live documentation of that that growth of them physically right. and it, it's it's uh -huh. very gutting when it cuts back to these these little children doing the thing they love yeah uh, so no that's it's a really powerful scene yeah. Um, Nathan, before I get your thoughts, I want to pivot back to just one quick thing mm. uh, that David said about like not connecting with the character of Nancy. I just want to I just kind of want to echo a little bit of that. Like I struggle a lot with Nancy and Jonathan, to be honest, that I, I wrestle with connecting to their plot line and the ire that she receives at the hands of her boss and her, you know, that whole team of people who just put down her ideas, put down it. That is one of the handful of elements that while it is sadly very believable, particularly for the time and particularly for her station, it feels a bit forced in this moment. Like she is absolutely bringing everything to the table. And it is true that in the real world, she would have been probably categorically dismissed. Um, but there was something about it that just didn't quite uh, gel with me the way that I wanted it to. Maybe it was that it hadn't quite elevated to the status where she had any real concrete data. It was all just speculation. Um, I get a little bit agitated with, um, I think her character is a bit underdeveloped in general because it is hard to know Aside just the general feeling of wanting to be 
respected and valued, which is a worthy thing. Um, it's difficult to put a handle on what she wants as a character. I don't think she's as well-defined uh, as, as she could be or as other characters are. So I just wanted to echo a little hmm. bit of that well, before we move and, on. And, oh, huh, I, you, sir. Well, I just want to bounce off that quick because you know who really, really arrived as someone like worth caring about, worth investing in vis-a-vis Nancy, Steve. Steve is... Oh, no, I mean, yeah. come on. The be- he a, is the best. He's he wonderful. is the best. Yeah, he is I, the best. I, He's simply the best. Which, which one is Steve? <laughs> He's the Steve's, best around. Uh, Steve's Dustin's friend uh, also works at Scoops at Ahoy with Robin. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, every yeah, morning yeah. I wake up and I cry a bit because there's not a Steve for me to see that day. <laughs> <laughs> or, or that you're not Steve. Uh, no, I'm not Steve. No, no. You, I'm a... I'm affirming that brother. Um, <laughs> but I do, I, I don't know. I, um, few characters in the show writ large are as fully realized as Steve and as Hopper, but I, I actually am going to go to team Nancy uh, for this oh. season. At least I, I do like the arc. Uh, and the, and I said this last week um with asia and andy is is i do think in general this season does right by its characters now there's you know there there there's only so many joe curies in the world you know like right, like that's sure. a find there's only so many david harbors in the world that's a find so you know those are instances of perfect casting meeting uh, uh excellent character um but i like what they do with nancy I, to me i know what you're saying mm. but i mean i think I really like the connection that she and the mom make later in the season. I don't know. I, I feel like it's a well, a well, uh, well realized arc. You know, whether whether it's ultimately a necessity. I, and I'll put I'll put it this way: it's not an unnecessary puzzle piece, and that's hard to do with a show with a cast this big. Like mm, to be able okay. to make all the pieces come together at a certain point is challenging. It's why you have in shows past your your kim bowers and whatnot it's like you you lose track of how right. to make this character relevant to the to the overall piece anyway well and she and jonathan uh lead up in this episode to one of the show one of this season's first major that ain't right moments and that's the old lady digging oh, in the yeah. fertilizer oh, like, that's that is disgusting you know um sometimes you're just hungry <laughs> yeah yeah um it so top, tops the maggots yeah. <laughs> so um moving into to episode four which i think for me is the first like i i really enjoy this season as a whole i really enjoyed the as i mentioned last episode i enjoyed the nostalgia of you know seeing everybody at the mall in episode two that was fun but episode four gave me my first sort of flavor of what I think the show does really successfully writ large, which is just bring together this collection of supernatural, paranormal kind of things with the kids combating it in a real way. I think episode four has a, a fantastic climactic scene. It's called the sauna test. Um, they start right out the gate with the the uh, another that ain't right moment the face sucker like mind flaying oh. the parents oh that was gnarly Ugh. yeah it's just <laughs> so i gotta throw in i was watching this with my kids uh because it's one of the few things we cover that i can and one of my kids was sitting next to me and in the middle of that scene i took my hand and it was in the dark <laughs> and i stuck it to her face and i was like <laughs> no she no. freaked out. It was great. Oh, well, of course she freaked out. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, not right. Fun. 
That ain't right. <laughs> it was fun though. <laughs> it's nice to be able to share those moments with you. Sure, sure, of course. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, Ian, I'm going to come to you first this time around. What'd you think of episode four? Any highlights? Any any particular moments stand out to you that you liked? If you if your notes were that specific, I just liked Max's um, kind of taking center stage in so far as having to do uh, the sauna test with. Here's here's my thing. I need it a little bit more because I already don't like Billy. So oh, sure, right, you sure. know, like, oh no, he's possessed. You're like, what if he dies? You know, and then I'm like, okay, it's Saturday, then we'll <laughs> do something else. Like, I don't <laughs> play I don't D&D. Care. Like, <laughs> yeah. That guy sucks. So <laughs> yeah, but he was. But I believe that Max cares. Yeah. Well, ah, and uh, there you go. Yeah, and I think again Correct. to echo to echo and affirm, Billy was a, just a ranked tool in season two. Like he was completely he's the manager that's... of a tool department. <laughs> <laughs> he got from a store Frank. called okay. Ranked Tools R Us. <laughs> <laughs> what we do, we just produce ranked tools. That's all yeah. we do, and then you rank them. <laughs> and they're all the worst. They're all just get like the, the bottom. This one's also barrel. number 300. <laughs> um, but I do feel like, and it's not present in this episode. So maybe a tease for later. I feel like this season may be a bit forced, but I feel like this season does some work in its latter half to kind of bring a little bit around on Billy. But I agree with you. I think especially where we are in the show and especially with episode four, he's just, the surrogate villain and it, it barely matters that he's the one that is uh is chosen you know to to be that way but so uh dave i'm gonna come to you next what of this episode good bad indifferent or ugly would you would you say um so <laughs> i don't i uh wrote notes down and i unfortunately didn't separate the episodes but i will <laughs> okay. echo um, I really did resonate with um, the scene with Will that we already discussed. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. And I also really liked, as you already talked about, too, um, the ending of, um, mm. well, it would be episode four. Yeah. Um, with, because uh, I think that's where the stakes really feel like they've really been raised. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember which episode in it it's in, but which one do we get the uh, uh, the dad bod from uh, Hopper? Oh, that's uh, that's three. That's three. <laughs> that's three. Good old oh. dad, yeah, good old dad bod <laughs> from Hopper. Though. There you go. It's awesome, man. He. I was thinking that when he was. I was like, man, he's he's so rocking the dad bod. This he's was obviously pre animal. Hellboy, <laughs> right? Yep. Yeah. I but, need to be uh, cast in Hellboy. <laughs> <Shape> up. <laughs> I, I felt I felt like that needed a shout out anyway. <laughs> oh no! Agreed and affirmed. Agreed and affirmed. So Jackson, our resident. Oh, okay. uh, oh no! You want mean. to go ahead? Go ahead. No, no, no. No, I just I'm our guests can wait. Why don't you no, go ahead? No, no, <laughs> they they can't. Jackson, you're you're so cool over there. What are you feeling? <laughs> well, for one thing, I want to see Nathan play Hellboy now. I don't, okay, you know, if it gets me in shape, sure. <laughs> but uh, okay, so this episode was definitely more of what I were was expecting from the show as sure. opposed to the third, which was a lot more character driven. And uh, I don't know, it was fine, I guess. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. I didn't really, I don't know how it connects, and I probably never will unless I go back <laughs> and watch the whole show. 
Cause it's all good. I mean, I just pretend it's yeah. Buffy. So, but uh, I was really surprised when Loki showed up. I thought that was a really bold crossover. Uh-huh. Yeah, so. you, uh-huh. no, you you were watching you were watching Loki on uh, Disney Plus, and it was not uh, it was not. You fell asleep. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, I fell asleep and somehow changed which streaming service I was. Yeah, doing. exactly. Was That's how they get you these days. <laughs> uh, so listeners aren't overly concerned. We polled all the '80s party guests to find out who the real Stranger Things fans were and saved them till the final <laughs> final one. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's all good. It's all good. We're getting a mix. Um, but it, it works. It works. I love it. Uh, I think uh, this fourth episode, partly I'm just excited because, I mean, y'all, a couple of you have alluded to this, but I'll say it with passion. This has one of the one of the best set pieces in the whole series is the yeah. sauna test. I mean, it yeah. is oh, exciting. Good. I enjoyed uh, watching you, you had your it, turn, yeah. Jackson. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm, I'm, I'm party mode. Okay? Um, but, but yes, extremely exciting scene. Lots of character stuff happening uh, to, I think it was Ian who said this. Yes. Billy, who is the manager and CEO of ranktool.com uh, in <laughs> season two, I'll give it to the show. They make me give a damn uh, ultimately about that character. And that is yeah. a, a no small feat to have done that uh, from what is just a two dimensional Waluigi impersonation <laughs> in the second <laughs> season. Wow. <laughs> to Fallon to Fallon Bowser in this one. Um, <laughs> but to, broader point being the sauna test is fantastic. It is it is an excellently choreographed scene that has real drama to it, uh real action to it and real concern for your characters. I mean that's yeah. it's really well done and I think episode 4 delivers you know uh Maya Hawk has her, her praises have been sung, but we cannot undervalue how great an inclusion to the cast is without Erica, uh, Lucas's sister. Oh I gosh. mean, she's can't spell America not, without Erica. Oh, yeah. uh, and that is one of the I best use, lines in the show. Goodness <laughs> gracious. Uh, she's hysterical. Uh, they yeah, give her some like great, her. uh, <laughs> some great scripting. She delivers yeah. fantastically. I mean, she's, Absolutely. she's great. Yeah, Dave had mentioned uh, about the raising the stakes. Like, I think when Billy, possessed of the Mind Flayer, grabs Elle and is choking her up, and she, to this point, is really the only one that stood a chance of actually hurting anybody, and then she's compromised at that moment, to the degree that even we didn't want... It's not a discussion about the next episode, but, like, she's hurt. Like, they, they take a moment of time to register that like she's been injured uh, because of that. And, uh, and so like talking about raising the stakes and raising the threat level, I do think they do so in a really substantive way. Uh, Mike stepping in and then, you know, like cold cocking him to try to just create a diversion. Um, that, that whole sequence is just, it's really uh, quite affecting and, and quite thrilling. And I think that might be one of my favorite things about this season is that, the threat itself takes longer than any previous season to really understand what it's doing. But along the way, they do a really good job of making you genuinely afraid. Like, oh man, this is, this is bigger than they've ever had to try to overcome before. And maybe they, maybe they don't make it out of it this time. You know, I think that, I think that was pretty effective before we completely leave the episode. I have to show particularly from episode four, a little bit of love 
for the scene when Hopper shuts the door to the mayor's office, locks it, knowing things are about to go down, and then has that whole exchange with the mayor. That was Carrie Elwes. We sung his praises last week, but um, he's a great addition to this cast. And I always happy when he shows up. Yeah, he's wonderful. And and that that whole scene that they have, I think, is just really, really strong. Uh, there's obviously some great stuff that builds throughout the season with with Hopper and his little adventures with Joyce, but but well, I really love that. Scene. The minute the minute oh you know Dread Pirate Roberts is like, don't give me that dead daughter crap because I just don't care. You're you you look around, you're like, oh my god, this guy's about to get it. <laughs> I mean, it is intense and it delivers. Yeah, <laughs> yes, Absolutely. he's signing up. You know, <laughs> where do I sign? Do. <laughs> <laughs> How many do I get? You know, <laughs> that's awesome. oh, yes. that's awesome. Yes. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, and 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 wind us down unless anybody has any strong objections. We all good. OK. All right. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, that has been another stopover in hawkins uh no av club but we did visit a sauna which was uncomfortable for all of us and uh we did visit the mayor's office which was probably even more so uh, but we have we're very grateful to our friends for coming by and sharing their thoughts on episodes three and four of stranger things join us next week when we will be covering episodes five and six right here on hashtag tv guideposts thank you reed Ta-da! you're welcome you're welcome But lately, I guess I've been feeling distant from you. Like you're, you're pulling away from me or something. I miss playing board games every night. Making triple-decker ego extravaganzas at sunrise, watching westerns together before we doze off. But I know you're getting older, growing changing and I guess if I'm being really honest that's what scares me I don't want things to change so I think maybe that's why I came in here to try to maybe stop that change to turn back the clock to make things go back to how they were. But I know that's naive. It's just not how life works. It's moving. Always moving, whether you like it or not. And yeah, sometimes that's painful. Sometimes it's sad. And sometimes it's surprising happy so you know what keep on growing up kid don't let me stop you make mistakes learn from them and when life hurts you because it will remember the hurt the hurt is good it means you're out of that cave Please, if you don't mind, for the sake of your poor old dad, keep the door open.
three inches. <laughs> I like it. All right, so everybody, I'm assuming, has prepped for the pregame before we go. This is Dr. Pepper. I promise that's all it is. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, before we go to Killer Clowns from Outer Space, we've got to take a trip through Hawkins first. Yes. So uh, l- let me let me institute this quite properly. Hold hold one moment. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Hashtag TV Guideposts, where we're going to be visiting with some new friends in Hawkins and all the stranger things that take place there, covering episodes five and six with some of our dear friends. So thank you again for stopping by for this week's Hashtag TV Guideposts. Welcome to it. TV very nice very nice i see so um okay so i'm 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 actually quite unfamiliar with this if you don't mind we've been inaugurating these segments when we bring them up uh just with getting some feedback uh on your general thoughts about the show steve i'm going to be coming to you first um i don't know your general feelings about the show stranger things stranger things season three uh or whatever so just what's your history with the show love it hate it uh just checking it out what are your thoughts uh, I don't know if I would say I love it. I very much like it, though. Um, I've watched it since the first season, and maybe a few weeks after it came out, after the hype was going strong. Sure. Um, I, th- I still think season one is my favorite. Um, mm. And I didn't quite like season two as much, but I thought I liked season three the, the worst. But then after I rewatched a few episodes, like, oh, maybe I misjudged it. Maybe it's a little better than I thought. Um, cool. Yeah, but there's there's still certain elements of season season three I don't think are as good, but I think the character development is really the, the, one of the stronger points. Yeah, I, I would absolutely absolutely yeah, agree with that. I think as I said before, I'm really a fan of stuff like Lost and how that was very big in character development. And so I think this is similar to that in, in that way. Awesome, awesome, uh, Matt. I'm gonna come to you next. What's what's your uh, footprint with stranger things how you feel about i am i have to say it's not my jam um okay. which is kind of a surprise because i'm i'm in definitely in the target demo for this thing i mm-hmm. you know i'm 55 years old so my my childhood and adolescence sort of straddles the late 70s early 80s and sure sure the pop culture references i get them the songs it's like oh it's the you know this is the soundtrack of my childhood but and I think if I had seen Stranger, if something like Stranger Things had been on the air at, in the 80s, I would have loved it to death and I would still think fondly of it. But the problem is that my tastes have changed. And mm. I, I, the thing I was thinking about how to put this, like when, when the show first hit big in season one, Victor Laval, the author of uh, Ballad of Black Tom, made this interesting comment contrasting with another Netflix show that debuted right then, um, which was Baz Luhrmann's The Get Down. Oh, Yeah. Which is another very different kind of nostalgia fest, but it's it's like late seventies, late disco era. But that's also part of my childhood. But it's about scrappy black and brown kids up in the Bronx, basically helping to invent hip hop. And for me, because I grew up in New York City, there is still a definite era of nostalgia where I'm recognizing the cultural land post. But it's at the same time, it's it's a part of my the history that was going on in my childhood that I wasn't aware of at the time. So. And what Victor basically was saying is like Stranger Things is showing you things you've seen a million times before, whereas the get down is showing things you've never seen before, in part because what the get down is about, it wouldn't have been on television in the 80s. So and I think that's why it it really resonated for me. And and not just for me, my wife was like, I remember we were watching and she's like, you know, if you told me I would be this wound up and and excited about a show that's about hip hop, I would not have believed you. But I love this. And so, right. 
so yeah, with Stranger Things, I'm just like, it's, it's not, I'm not saying by any means that it's bad. It's just, it's not to my taste. That being said, um, one of the things that was interesting watching, like I watched from the beginning of season three, I read spoilers for, for the first two seasons to remind myself what it was about. Yeah. Um, and watching that in tandem with then Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which I did watch when it came out and which I still have very fond memories of, even though it's in many ways not a very good film. Um, <laughs> right. But that contrast basically taught me something, made me realize something that I hadn't before when I, the first time I tried to watch Stranger Things, which is that it, it may be doing things I've seen a million times before, but it is doing them in a really smart, witty way. And, and in many cases, it's, it's a better done version of the things it's imitating or that it's referencing. Yeah. And I think the, the moment that kind of really brought this home to me was, was episode four, where the kids are breaking into the secret Russian base and you've got the, Erica, the the sassy, mm-hmm. you know, precocious black girl, and I'm like, oh, sassy, precocious black girl. I have seen you so many times before. I know exactly, <laughs> I know exactly what you are and are not capable of. You're not going to surprise me in any way, and that's pretty much true. But there's this point where she's climbing into the vent and she's going, commencing Operation Child Endangerment. i just started laughing and i'm like okay that's a good line and that's a better line than than the you know the mark 1.0 version of sassy black girl would probably have been been said and that's i think that's why this show is is so you know popular is because if you if you want the kind of thing that it is it it will deliver you the best version of it yeah Um, it just doesn't happen to be for me but no props to that no, I, I can appreciate. I can appreciate that. Uh, I think that's a really astute observation, uh, actually. And um, Blake, so what were what is your footprint with Stranger Things, just writ large? So, I don't think it was the day of the release of the first season, but it was like a like the weekend after it released. That it was before the hype really kind of hit, like at the the height of you know that first season being as big as it was. I remember I I pretty much binged it over you know day and a half maybe and loved it loved the first mm-hmm. season um hit all the nostalgic points for me you know i, I caught most of the references uh, yeah. even though i'm not the best at catching references just because i'm not really paying attention to references i'm paying attention to the narrative but um yeah i i really really love the first season i really really despised the second season uh and so whenever y'all had your classic uh <laughs> Going oh at it on the on the podcast, I was. I, I think that was the moment where I was like, "I might like this Nathan guy." <laughs> <laughs> he won you over. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then three was a mixed bag. It, it's kind of like it's kind of like Beckley said. Um, I I really wanted to like it, and there were parts of it that I felt worked better than than the second season. But on the whole, like. <sighs> I feel like I feel like my general uh, enjoyment of the show has kind of lessened as each season has gone, and so I'm, I'm curious to see like if I'm, I'm hoping four kind of raises it a little bit for me. Um, but the watching sounds the, like it sounds like it will for sure. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, <laughs> um, I feel like watching the you know episode five and six for the show. Uh, it kind of made me appreciate aspects of it that I may not have appreciated before, and I really came to the conclusion that. Stranger Things is really just about uh, the redemption of Steve Harrington. 
and that's all that matters. And well, you know what? If I'm that's okay the, with that. If that's the situation, then it succeeds with flying colors. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, honest to God, like so Steve, and and uh, deservedly so. Steve gets so much love. On yeah. the, I mean, like he is he's a great character. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think we'd mentioned. I think it was last week we talked that like Steve and Hopper just kind of come fully formed out, and they're they're interesting characters regardless of the show they're in that they they're kind of they're kind of strong um so does anybody well, see, have I, I, if i can yeah. if i can jump in sure. there yeah yeah, yeah i please. don't think steve comes fully formed i think joe curie comes fully formed and the the producers find steve mm-hmm. because of joe curie because uh, i think that first season it's not so much that he's unlikable which he is it's they've they've typed him as the unlikable kind of 80s bully character and i think that likability of the actor starts to shine through and they just mm-hmm. lean into the yeah. skid. So he was even somewhat um, redeemed at the very end of that. Season. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Yeah. He, yeah. he yes. kind of became the protector. Yeah. yeah. That's, that, that's kind of the beauty of his character is he, he can't help but protect those kids. So, <laughs> even though he doesn't want to. <laughs> it's true. No, it's quite true. So, they, Oh, could I, could I say yeah, one more please, thing? Please, please. By all means. Th- Something about the seasons as they progress, they even they don't make these seasons from one year to the next. I think they have a year or two between each one. Um, so the, the the actors and the characters are, are getting a bit older in between each season. So now we don't have children and teenager characters. We have teenager and then the older ones in their mid 20s now. Um, yeah, I think that's part of the reason it sort of loses its allure for me. I, I like it being sort of about kids in the 80s and not older teenagers and, and young adults in the, in the eighties. Cause I was in my ch- child years and in, in the eighties myself too. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. No, I, I, I can totally relate to that. Um, so the, uh, so episode we're talking, uh, in specifics about episode five and six. Um, so we'll start with episode five. I'll kind of kick the door down and then we'll just sort of round robin anybody that's got anything to say, particular to this episode or particularly to this pair of episodes. Um, I will say, Love me some Stranger Things homages and little touch points. If there's anything that I feel like goes probably a bit too far in the homage to where it's a little silly is how much that Russian villain is like the Terminator. Like how much he looks, well, how much like Carrie Ellis, the mayor even references him as Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger, doesn't he? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Like, he does. Okay. We have <laughs> pushed through the singularity into MetaZone, you know? Yeah, it's uh, and I mean, I I kind of like what they do around that plot line in general. But even like, it got to the point as much kind of unbridled affection as I have for the show. It got to the point even watching it where I'm like, come on, like, come on, it, like it's got the same hair. It reminds me a little of um when you first watched the For- Force Awakens in the theater, and you're like, look at them winking at a new hope, and then by the end of it, you're like, oh. It's a new hope. <laughs> yeah. It just took the script and changed the dialogue. Oh, like that's all they, all they really you did. Winking at the Terminator. And then uh, it's the Terminator. Yeah. Like <laughs> that really scene is. where he's firing the gun at them, whether it's I, like it's absolutely, it's absolutely that. I actually feel so, like the, the way that they could have actually salvaged that character or that kind of uh, that hat tip is to have put someone who was big for the the eighties action films, but not no, well known. Like I kept in my head, I was like, why couldn't they get Dolph Lundgren? Because he's doing yeah. stuff. Like he got him, yeah. he, they got him for Creed too. So yeah. like he would have been perfect, and he would have been the perfect kind of a meta yeah, a like stunt casting. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't disagree. No, that that actually, yeah. that, I, I like that idea yeah. a lot. 
I think Although they I were do, actually I do. trying to cast actual Russians as the Russians. Because yeah, that's fair. I looked into it, and it looks like it did. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah. is an actual Russian? Yeah. Is good, not just a good accent. Okay. Wow. Um, <laughs> I do love, I mean, I even call him Arnold in my notes. Like, that's that's how direct it is. Yeah, of course. But uh, just a, a random note about episode five that I wrote down is I love that the show knows that Hopper is physically outmatched by him. Um, and doesn't give him the easy physical wins. Cause you, you know, we love Hopper. We, we don't want to see him get his ass kicked, but he should by that yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So absolutely. I actually like that that's kind of the case and they have to be a bit more reliant on wits. Than, sure. You know, brawn. No, absolutely. Hopper. Yeah. He never bests well in these in this pair of fights that they've had so far. And to be honest, I haven't rewatched the end of it, so I can't remember how they conclude with it. But he never bests him physically. To your point, Nathan, like in these fights, he kind of he he straight up loses the first time, gets knocked cold for like oh, a yeah. day and a half, and then the second time gets away almost by a sequence of of good luck that he's able to sort of maneuver away from the fight. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do agree with that. I think it's, it's sad. That does lead to a really great David Harbor moment when his, his, I'm not going to yell it the way he does in the back seat when he says the word drive and it's really drawn out. Yeah. And that's, oh, that's a, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just hard not to love David Harbor in this show. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's my favorite character. I think. Yeah. He's so, he's so likable and there's so much of his emotion that I agree with. Like, I love the stuff. I actually think this is more in six. But I love all the stuff with him and Joyce and the Russian Alexei. Like, yeah. mm. I, th- like that whole sequence of things is so great. And a lot of it is driven by you get the tension between he and Joyce because they've got their romance, you know, in play or that, you know, their, their potential. He likes her, but, you know, she's not reciprocating because she's still pining for, for Bob. But, um, so there's all of that at play. And then just his perpetually rising frustration at Alexei and not being able to speak Russian and all these other things. Like he's, he's really, really great at all of that. And then there's some great payoffs in six that we'll get to in a second. Um, I had one note here before we get to, you know, other deeper things and I'll just invite everybody to, to chime in. If you have something else about this episode, um, I love that Steve wins his first fight. Dustin even no, calls so it good. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, he's like, you want to fight, man? Like, it's so great. <laughs> like, I love that piece of it. Um, does anybody before we get to the the final sequence in the hospital? Does anybody else have anything about the episode prior to that? Because I want to spend a moment on that. I think that was that was the most memorable part is the <laughs> yeah. hospital. Ben. Yeah, I think it might be. It's definitely the creepiest thing that this season gives us. It might mm-hmm. be one of the creepiest things that the show gives us. That whole sequence That's where great. Nancy and Jonathan are trying to evade the the you know the flayed infected people. Um, well. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I was, you know, sorry to cut you off there, but the echo your energy there of like, it's, it's true horror energy in that sequence. And, and Reed, you mentioned not having rewatched the end yet, and I won't spoil what the content is, but I think this season is paced really well. It has some really strong set pieces peppered throughout the sauna test, which we talked about last week, the hospital. Uh, attack which happens in these two uh there's a forthcoming cabin attack and then kind of the finale like they're just they're paced really well they're well choreographed um they don't just repeat a, a, a conflict 
kind of scenario. Cause this, that's, what's hard with stuff like this. You always, and to me, if I give season two, any props, it's that they at least try to not do the same thing. Now, sure. I don't think it really worked, but you know, I, I do think it's hard with this kind of storytelling to, to not, okay, well, here's your bad guy. And this is, we're going to build to the bad guy. And you know, your, your, your fellowship is fractured along the way and they come back together in order to defeat them. You know, like those are, and even still that's present in this season, but the way they structure it, I think is really smart. I, sure. I agree with you about the pacing in the middle of the season. I felt like the first, episode or two were a bit slow to get going too much character not enough what is this actually going to be about but i wasn't sure whether that was because i i just hadn't watched the first two seasons and i felt like maybe if i knew these characters better i wouldn't mind this as much but as it is i'm just like okay when are we going to get to what's the point of the yeah that was yeah yeah well and to your to your point there matt i'm less speaking to pace from a uh, a rhythm stamp. Uh, I'm speaking from when they use the set pieces and what those set pieces are from an action okay. standpoint. Okay, like, for enough. instance, the sauna test, it's a really impactful sequence that you would sort of expect to be later in the season. That's all I mean. It's just when they mm-hmm. use these big set pieces, they're well done, I think. I think yeah. one reason that I didn't love this season, first time I watched it, was that they just brought so many characters together. You would have these scenes like when all the kids were brought together, like the older kids and the younger kids, and they basically became like a big detective team. They went over <laughs> to the, the 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 house where uh, the people had been killed by what was it, Heather and uh, and the yeah, yeah, yeah. guy. Yeah, and they were I, trying to put all the pieces together. And there were some kids that were talking, other kids that were just standing there, really doing nothing, and just seemed like too many people in one place. And that's when they went outside and they were going to go to the next place, and they got in the big station wagon and. Uh, Mike and Will went into the way back and then Will was like, welcome to my world. I didn't really know what he meant there, but uh, <laughs> he's like the, the, one of the kids in a family of four. Like, didn't you get a real seat usually? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I totally get it. I th- and it's funny because we mentioned last week, um, how that's one of the things that the show intentionally does is separates everybody into these little pockets, you know, like, like side quest kind of things. And then, works really hard, especially where we are in the season talking about these episodes, to try to start colliding different efforts together. You know, like bringing together what, uh, you know, Lucas and Mike and uh, Will were experiencing with what Nancy and Jonathan were investigating and everything. And I think one of the things that I had, I mean, I don't know what this says about the show, that I had forgotten this element, but when at the end of episode five, what we keep talking about with this this hospital attack, when it culminates in the actual real world rendition of the mind flayer, I was like, this is a fantastic creature. Like it's just yeah. it's really intimidating. It's 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 nebulous in its form. And it's, it's also that's part of its ability is that it can, you know, meld down into the, almost like the blob and move yeah. in and out of places. But then it can be. Uh, s- something of a shaped solid thing. Um, so I, I, I think it's just a really intimidating and great kind of monster. Uh, anybody else well, have anything it, on five before? Yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah. especially about the monster whom I called Glorpy, G L O R P Y. Glorpy, because <laughs> that's kind of the sound he makes or it makes or yeah. whatever. Um, you know, like, uh, it is what's, <laughs> you think too hard about this. It's pretty nauseating. It is the aggregate collection of 
bones and tissue and guts. I mean, that's yeah. pretty jacked up as far as yeah. what's are arguably a TV 14 kind of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> enterprise here. Yeah, that's disgusting. of course. No, no, absolutely. And, and we see this, this gets into the end of six, but we see that no, like that is taken to its somewhat horrific extreme mm-hmm. in terms of like, it's one thing if it was all made up of just disposable rats, rats you yeah. know, but now we're starting to get into actually like, Oh my God, no, this is the ultimate fate of all these people that it's been sort of, uh, infecting. So, um, yeah. So moving into six. So one more thing. One yeah. Thing. Go ahead, Blake. Yeah. 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 So there's, you know how this if works, Blake. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> if, if you put Jake Busey in a, in a show or a movie, sign me up because I am <laughs> there. He's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he plays, God. he plays that villain role so well. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The poor guy might yeah. be like nice as could be in yeah, real he life, but is. he has just got, he has just I got the persona. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Nathan, have you ever seen the Frighteners? That's the oh, other big so thing good. that I know. Jake I mean, from. I, I have seen it. I keep waiting to revisit it until for whatever reason we cover on the show. So sure. he's also the, uh, the, the killer in identity. That's right. Oh, that's or, right. Or yes. is the, he? The killer. Oh, one of them. Oh yeah. Right. Um, so, so yeah, so like I, I really love season five ends on that big cliffhanger, the reveal of the mind flare and everything. And then the early parts of the episode, um, you know, it picks back up with that. One thing that I will say, I have very few criticisms of it because my energy around it is very affectionate. But one of the few things that I, that I felt in episode six, when Nancy, by all intents and purposes, should have been a goner, there's no reason whatsoever why she survives that moment, except that it toys with her long enough for L to arrive. And then L sort of takes care of business with it. And I remember actively thinking here, so this this is a critique that will turn into a positive because I think the show hangs a lantern on it, is that I remember thinking in the moments like, wow, they're just relying on L to solve all their problems. L shows up and L can take care of business. And then towards the last third of it, Mike is the one who actually says it out. Like everybody is careless with her powers. You just expect her to do everything. And, you know, she's going to get exhausted. She's going to get hurt. She's going to get in trouble. And so I appreciated that either the show was self-aware enough to realize that's what it was doing, or maybe it was just some good fortune with that particular character based on Mike and Elle's relationship that uh, the pretty much the moment in the show where I thought, okay, does Elle have to do every single bit of the saving in this show that Mike finally yes. calls out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Um, that Mike finally calls out like, you know, like you're just being willy nilly with her powers. You're toying around, like getting her to spy on us. Just like, like for your own interests, you're asking her to, you know, spy on this person, locate that person and, sh- and all of the things that it begins to recognize with her. She's not a machine, you know, and that, uh, I just really appreciated that, that, uh, that they recognize that out. What, what else do people have, uh, commentary of any sort on episode six? I think it's at the end of episode six where we have another person that saves the day, right? And Dustin comes in and cuddle prods the doctor. That That's is great. <laughs> that is a great moment. That is a really great moment. Yeah. yeah, Matt, what you thinking? I was, I was just, yeah, the, the the little torture sequence where they're beating the crap. I, I don't, I keep I'm forgetting his name, but the the guy who's getting, it's just reminding Steve? me, my my dad, who was a a, cha- a chaplain at a hospital, would always talk about how you know, real head trauma is not like that. 
<laughs> you don't just shake it off. <laughs> you don't just shake it off. And so, yeah, I'm watching them beat him up. And that was just like, but then there was the later moment when he and uh, Nan- and uh, Robin are tied together in, you know, back to back and they bring in the truth serum. And I just had to look it up. That that to me was sort of almost like a true lies reference. Mm-hmm. But of course, that's 90s, not 80s. But mm-hmm. And of course, yeah, they're going to give him the truth serum, but he's going to keep telling the same story. And that that was also the moment, though, listening to Robin, when I'm like, why is why am I getting this deja vu listening to this actress? And I looked her up and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's Uma Thurman and yeah, Ethan Hawke's daughter. daughter. Yeah. And I, yeah. I was I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I remember so I didn't that was, look that up until after the season was over, after I had after I'd watched it. I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that Uma, was probably, in that, was, form. that was my that ain't right moment for crazy things. Like <laughs> your, your mind melted like an infected rat. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um let's yeah, see. Go ahead, Episode six. I mean I I uh this is fresh on my brain because i rewatched the last kind of 20 minutes of episode six but there's a look i think it's when the alarm goes off in this in the bunker right in the russian bunker mm. that joe mm-hmm. curie just gives to the torture yeah. guy and it's just so good i mean yeah. like there are as a person who occasionally and still on a certain level aspires to be an actor every now and then you're like that person they're not really good (laughs) Uh, you know all all my creative heads know what we're talking about in terms of in terms of this inner this thing that happens but every now and then you see someone do it and you're like that's good (laughs) i really like what he just did you You know like i am not not going to take anything away from that performer there Um, you know what it is uh I don't remember it being a line. I remember it being okay. just a look. Just he, a look. He makes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, have the, a, so, I have a line that he said that I really liked. Yeah. What oh, was it? Was, which was one? He, was, he was, he was like taunting the, uh, the, uh, the, not the doctor, but the, uh, yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the Russian commander. Um, and he was talking about Dustin going back to, to Hopper and that they're going to come in there with, with the cavalry. He said, they're going to come in here commando style, guns <laughs> a blazing and kick your sorry asses back to Russia. You're going to be two pieces of toast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, which is a really odd line, but he delivers it really well. Yeah. Um, I do. You know, uh, uh, Matt, you were picking apart head trauma. You know, let's just it's just a fun show, Matt. Come on. No, but, no, no. Uh, I know. I know. I'm playing with you because I'm about to do the. I'm about to do the exact same thing. But at the end of episode six, when the Glorp monster is Avengers assembling the entire town of Hawkins, yes. I'm yes. like, are we gonna deal? in season four with the fallout that like half of Hawkins has been uh, symbiote venom styled into this monster. Like the, long, what? the long answer of that is no. Right, 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 <laughs> right. But, but as these people were queuing up for their time to get absorbed, I was yeah. like, are, are, what's left to attack? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah they, well, don't come, th- they don't come back. Do they? They're not going to like get like on no. snapped and return. Oh no, they're gone. No. <laughs> they are they are fodder to the wind. Like they're real just estate like, prices will fall and more people will right. move in. No, yeah. it's true. It's true. It's true. Like yeah, but sure. Because you know they're going to hear the stories <laughs> from Hawkins. Oh my Got a gosh! Giant magnet under it. You know, depends on how much white flight's going on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, in this in this market, 
sign me up for hawkins okay like is there real estate available in this market like it's like woodsboro and scream it's like okay (laughs) oh man but i think um so you were talking about like a look or a moment or whatever um about steve another moment that i really love um that that just really made my heart sore was when dustin convinces erica she's a nerd that made that made me so delighted um because her reactions that actor is that child actor is just she is so in it like when he's like you're you know you know everything about politics and he's like just because i don't agree with communism as an ideology i'm like oh man she is (laughs) she sells it to the nines it is a completely lived in moment with both of those actors and i just i think it's pure delight um it just it makes my heart sore every single time um I have one more thing to note about the episode, but 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 does anybody else have anything else that they want to call out? I, oh. I have yeah. well, good. No, I'm you go ahead, Matt. Yeah. Um, mine would be um, yeah, the 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 moment when David Barber is basically predicting that so and so is not going to drive away, and <laughs> it's great. they really they convince me that no, he, he is, and then they come outside and the guy's waiting, and David Barber just gets this look in his face and. One of the things I really like about the way they handle the characters, I actually initially did not, you know, like I like I like him because I like the actor, but sure, he's he's an idiot so much of the time in the way he behaves, <laughs> particularly when he's you know trying to convince the kid not to spend too much time with L. So he's a, he's very much a stock type that you would see in eighties movies, but the, the, they do it in a way that is not. I guess the best way I can say is just he's not, there's never hateful. He's, he's, he's acts in a way that a normal human being would never act on certain occasions, but it never goes to the point where I loathe him. It's more like, okay, you're just, you're just, you know, you're chewing the scene, you may go a little here, but then there are moments like that when I'm like, okay, this is, this is really cool. Yeah. He's actually oh. smarter than than yeah. you know he lets on, and yeah. and sometimes he has a moment. I think the That's character smart. is very smart. It's just that he has a, he has a temper, and. <laughs> And I know, but it does feel like a realistic yeah. temper. It feels like an 80s sitcom temper. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. But to your point on that scene, Matt, what I love so much is is that glint when he starts to doubt himself of, yeah, exactly. of what he's committed to. Yeah. But then it pays off. It's it's such a great moment of triumph. I love the character. exchange of, of what set it off, though. The whole, uh, yet they have to bring Alexi what he wants first his, yeah. His, yeah. his snack Cherry. and I, I brought my prop there the the slurpee nice, <laughs> nice. Ooh, I, even, I was even unable to get a cherry slurpee too i showed up and and cherry was there <laughs> so you're not going to be very forthcoming on this conversation well, is what no. you're saying cherry no. was there it was just defrosting i said how long is it going to take i said well, probably, an, <laughs> probably an hour like what <laughs> what kind of what kind of rickety establishment are you running here you don't have cherry <laughs> slurpee ready for me um so, I do love, yeah, I, I absolutely love the payoff that they give to that because they had me doubting it. Like they had me, they had me thinking like, no, Hopper's an idiot and we're just absolutely going to, uh, completely drive away with it. Well, I, think that, I think that goes to the stereotype of that character though, is <clears> that, is that you're supposed to know that he's an idiot and that this is not going to work out the way he plans, just like every other eighties and nineties sitcom or yeah. movie or anything like that. And then they actually give it to him and you're like, that's smart. That's actually yeah. really smart. <laughs> yeah. And very satisfying. All the more yeah. satisfying as a result of it. Um, for my money, this, this pivots from the, you know, very satisfying into just the, the, the thrill zone. They set the stage. It doesn't fully pay off in this episode, but they set the stage for what they're going to try to do to sort of eventually redeem the character of Billy. 
um, in, in terms of like just showing us through L the flashes that of, of, of his, the hardships of his mm-hmm. life. But this episode, I mean, I, I praise episode five for like giving us the mind flayer scream and then like cutting to credits. But man, when mm-hmm. L comes out of the mindscape and then it's Billy sort of taunting her with that whole thing, like I, I, I'm electrified in that moment. Now we great. can see you. Oh man. Like, Talk about raising the stakes to something. And then, like, I forget exactly who first brought it up, but we were all talking about it. Like, that idea of freaking, like, now all of these inhabitants are just toast. They're just gone. And, uh, and, and the, the viscera of that is really intense. Like, they've, they've basically framed it to where, you know, according to Billy's threats, this has all been about L. This has all been about, like, zoning in on her undermining her overpowering her and then it all culminating into this like oh my god all of them are coming into this massive now the mind flayer will be the size he was in the upside down but in the real world in in physical space and uh that's very intimidating that's a great that's a great uh power up to a villain so the first season first season was all about the scientists using l to open the doorway right and this season really is all about the the flayers from the other side trying to use her to to get out really. yeah to well and to and to basically take stronger root in the real world right. because of the remnant that was that was left here um and uh and i am curious now one that we've, we've expressed some things and this may be more suited for like the finale conversations but like i am curious what season four will bring us because there are a lot of things about Again, this is probably more suited for the finale, but there's a lot of things about this season that feel closed off, that feel like they're intentionally sort of trying to wrap a bow on it, that with a couple of small exceptions, if this was all we got, I could understand, okay, this is the conclusion of the Stranger Things saga. So I am curious to see how or if they even deal with some of the fallout from some of the things that have taken place, both character-wise and just logistically among the town. Um, so does anybody else have any other... Any anything else that you wanted to mention didn't get a chance to? I remember the, the um the canisters of the the green uh goo or what do they call yeah. it the uh, the ooze, it's ooze. It's like, the it's secret like, of the ooze yeah it's like Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles too secret of the yeah. ooze they're bringing that in there <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, absolutely Erica's like if I got to drink something it's between <laughs> between dying of thirst and drinking this I'm drinking this. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> the fact that the ooze ends up being a type of homage to the alien. With the I was thinking that, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Acid yeah, blood. gave them a yeah. way out of there through the floor. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was really cool. That was really cool. All right. Well, um, I'll bring it on home. Uh, bear with me a moment. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, that has been another installment, their penultimate installment of this Hashtag TV Guidepost Run, where we've been talking about episodes five and six of Stranger Things season three. Join us next week, where we will not only be talking about episodes seven and eight, but our feelings on the whole of Stranger Things season three, the show writ large, its themes, its joys, its critiques, uh, just a never ending story, if you will, of all the things about Stranger Things. So uh, please join us next week for hashtag TV Guideposts. Like that. I got that reference. Did you get that reference? You're like Captain America, so I got that reference. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
What is it? Okay, let me just be clear on this. I haven't heard from you in a week, and now you want a mathematical equation that you should know so you can save the world? Susie Poo, I promise I will make it up to you as soon as possible. You can make it up to me now. What? I want to hear it. Not right now. Yes, now, Dusty Bun. Susie Poo, this is urgent. Yes, yes, you're saving the world. I heard you the first time, but Ged is also saving Earthsea, and he's about to confront the shadows, so this is Susie signing off. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, okay, okay. Turn around. Look at what you see in her face. The mirror of your What we're going to do now, we, we've Nathan and I really felt that there was something that was missing from these 80s parties. You know, we've had lots of fun, frivolity, reminiscing about the mall, reminiscing about different things from the 80s. But the one thing that that a lot of great parties, especially in the 80s, uh, had that we haven't introduced on the show yet is a really good game night. So, oh, yeah, what I have for us tonight, you oh, had they had no prep is Trivial Pursuit. Back to the 80s, Stranger <laughs> oh, no, wow. Things edition, and we are going to play it. We're going to do very badly at this. <laughs> we are going to play it it's in all right. real time. No, it's about it's having just, fun. It's, it's just fun. It's just fun. I have to share, though, for the YouTube viewers, I have to share the board before I get it all set up. So oh, this is the board, which is your standard, you know, uh, uh, your regular looking Trivial Pursuit board, although it's got a boom box. It's got some fun things. But there's an element of this to where if you roll a one there's a little portal and you get wow. shunted to the upside down oh, no. and if <laughs> you are cool. i don't want to go there <laughs> and if you are asked this and, party and just went dark <laughs> like oh no <laughs> and uh if you uh there are also portals that you can accidentally land on in your dice roll as well but if you are asked a question and you get it wrong and we're just in the in the right side up world you just get it wrong you don't get a pie piece but if you ask, if you answer a question incorrectly in the upside down, you may lose a pie piece you had already earned. Mm. Wow. It is an edge Savage. of competition. So, um, so, so what I figured we would do is just to sort of kick things off and just sort of get the wheels turning. Um, we're going to play four rounds of this through the course of the episode. Okay. We're not going to play the whole game right now. We'll just pivot back into it after a couple. <laughs> So, and, and in the spirit of the 80s, you cannot Google the answer, okay? No, no devices no. off camera looking this up. That's right. <laughs> I, can, I can see Jess sitting there like, okay, real quick, I got to go. I, I gotta, I'll be right back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my what? Drink. My, my spouse right, let me just get my me. encyclopedias out. Yes, your Britannica. <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. Um, so, yes. You're, uh, so, yeah, it's time to, you know, uh, it's time to grab your leg warmers, pump up your boom box, make your hair as high <laughs> as humanly possible. And uh, it's time to it's time to uh, it's time to, to, to ramp up the 80s. Our categories that we're going to be rolling with and we'll do we'll do two rounds this first go round. Every other one will probably just be one round. So um, your categories are either going to be and it's either going to be from Stranger Things 
season one or two, because when this came out, season three was not out. So it's either going to cover season one or two of Stranger Things, or it's going to cover something from the 80s in the area of movies, TV, music, famous people and events, or Mm. trends, tech, and fun. Okay, Mm. so Mm -hmm. something from the 80s, or there is an actual Stranger Things category. Okay, you just made me think of uh, Steve being asked his three favorite movies: <laughs> like, the Star Wars, the Star, Wars, the one with the teddy bears. <laughs> the Star Wars, the, oh, what was the one with the uh, Marty McFly and uh, that guy, that, <laughs> Alex that was, P. Keaton? Yeah, Alex, Alex, P. Alex P. Keaton. That was that was really great. Um, okay, so Vera, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you you uh, you have your choice of pies. It's a uh, blue, green, red, or orange. Which which would you prefer to be? Uh, I'm gonna go with green. Okay, so Vera's green. Jess, you're up next. You want it's kind of like a hot pink, actually. It's not a really oh, red, but yeah, definitely. That's that's hot you. Pink. Okay, matches right. your background. I yeah, mean, come exactly. on, <laughs> Nathan. I'll yield. You yeah, want the orange? Do you have or a blue? coral? Do you have a coral piece like the background here? <laughs> no. Uh, what is what are the what remains? Orange yellow and blue. And blue? Oh, orange. It's yellow in the screen. Um, I will go orange. Okay, and then I'll be blue. Um, all right. So, uh, I am going to let our guests go I'm so first. Excited. This and is, I just can't hide yeah. it. I'm about to lose so, control when I think I like it. I like it. <laughs> so I'm going to roll for you two quick things that are different okay. from most other versions of Stranger Things. I will be of telling you. Yes. Your, yes. Uh, or Trivial Pursuit regular. Um, I will be telling you after each dice roll what your two category choices are. But <clears throat> on this first run, you will get to pick from any of the categories, whatever wow. you want, because from where mm. we are in the board... You could go anywhere. That's um, right. So, so you'll That's, pick whatever oh, one wow. you want. And then the other trick to this is that if we are shunted to the upside down, that will also act as a kind of first roll. Your very next roll will be, um, you know, where, you know, wherever you want to go, because we've all got to go back into the center to get, you know, portaled into the upside down. OK, so anyway, um, <laughs> Jess, I let Vera pick colors first. So I'm going to let you go first. Okay? OK, all right. You ready? So, so, get a category. Uh, uh, yeah, so I'm going to roll the dice to see how many spaces you'll go, okay. but you are going to then uh, pick whatever category you want. Okay, you got a five, and you can pick either movies, TV, music, famous people and events, or trends, tech, and fun, or Stranger Things. Hmm. Uh, I think I'm going to go with TV. Okay, so we're, I'm going to pick a card at random. All right. So here is your TV question. Are you ready? This is fun. I'm ready. All right. What action-packed show featured Face, Murdoch, B.A., and mm. Hannibal driving around in a black van? Oh, A-Team. Come on. That was Look the A-Team. Out. There it is. That was the, a- that was the I A-Team. I remember watching that with Just sets the bar out of the gate. <laughs> All right. And you got five... You went to TV, so I'm going to put you right there on the TV spot. Okay, Vera, you are up next. I'm going to roll to see how many spaces you move, but then okay. you'll still be able to pick your category because you can move. Oh, no! Oh, no! We are all in the upside down. So, obviously, Vera, Vera, you have no pie piece to lose if you get it wrong, so the stakes are low, but we are all in the upside down. So, so, that, so we, we clarify. Bad, you, may have, you may have said this. It's all good, Vera. Um, 
uh, can you earn pie pieces whilst in the upside down? Oh, absolutely. If you get okay, it right, yeah. you will okay. get a pie piece. Yes. Okay. So, all right. But if you so, got us there and, lo- and miss it, you lose a pie piece. Correct. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Vera, same thing. Movies, TV, music, famous people and events, trends, tech and fun, or stranger things? Movies. Movies. Okay. I confidently say movies. <laughs> movies. Okay. All right. So I got to find the movie sp- spot. Oh, there it is. There's the movie spot. Okay. So I'm going to pick a card at random and your movie question. Oh, boy. Mm. Throw, throw Mama from the Train is Danny DeVito's dark comedic twist on what? Alfred Hitchcock Ooh. thriller. Ooh, cite that one, Beckley. What? I have to confess, Vera got a much harder question than yes, just yes. for the record. Half the 80s are right off for me because I was born in 85. Oh, no. Okay. So, but that's, I don't uh, the but I will, but I will say this. Take I'm a gonna guess. Re- I'm gonna, yes. I'm going to read the question one more time. Listen to the question, then take a guess. Throw okay. mama from the train. Is Danny DeVito's dark comedic twist on what Alfred Hitchcock thriller? Um, oh, the it's like on the tip of my tongue. No, I know this. I know I'm not going to get it, but I know it. I'm not going to get it. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Do you officially? You officially? Yeah, like, yeah, I officially okay. give up. Okay. Um. So it was. Actually, I guess. Yes. Is it? Strangers on a train? It is Strangers on a Train. <gasps> okay, okay. It's strangers on a Train. So it was the dark... I actually... Twi- that was purely a guess, but I didn't know if Psycho was going to be it, too, because I did. I haven't actually seen Throw Mama from the Train, so Mama, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, Psycho, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. But no, it's um, you know, it's years. Now, uh, <laughs> I will say this. This is house rules for the thing, just because I think it'll make things a little bit more... Vera got her chance. I'm going to give you her pie piece. Me? Oh. Yeah. Well, I want to. I want a turn. You can take. Okay. You're gonna get a turn. Oh, okay. You're gonna get a turn. I'm just. I'm just. Yeah, you just get done. extra pot. You just got the chance. <laughs> you just got like the winning. chance to steal the pie piece. Okay, but now what's it is good your is turn. I'm, what's good is I'm actively trying to not be the version of me that comes out in board game nights because yes. it's not pretty. Please, it, it is not. not. Yeah. No, don't do that. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, sir. So, um, I also or you also rolled this, oh. but because we're in the upside down, we go back. So now but, we are back in the right side up world. So do I get a, do I still have an opportunity to get a pie piece or no? Uh, you okay. do still have an opportunity to get a pie piece and you can <laughs> pick your matters. category. Yes. So <laughs> pick your category. Movies, TV, music, mm. famous people and events, trends, tech and fun or stranger things. Ooh, that's tough. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to let the dice determine future categories for me. So in this okay. instance, I will attempt movies. <laughs> okay. Here comes movies again. Card at random. <laughs> What comedian voted the best of all time in 2017 by Rolling Stone magazine starred opposite Gene Wilder in the film Stir Crazy? Eddie Murphy? It is not Eddie Murphy. It is not Eddie Murphy. Unfortunately, thankfully, just, we're not. Just can steal it. So I'm I'm going to allow. Uh, uh, gosh, but I think both of you knew it. I think both oh, of you knew oh, it. Oh. So so let them, um, let them do a uh, uh, paper rock scissors. Paper rock <laughs> paper rock scissors right now to see who gets this to is steal you, this. YouTube All right. exclusive. All right. Well, all right. Okay. Well, wait. I gotta say. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. 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 wait, wait. <laughs> okay. We're gonna go. I'm I'm gonna say rock paper scissors shoot. You reveal on shoot. Okay. Okay. All right. Rock paper scissors shoot 
What do you have, Jess? What, what do you have, Jess? Oh, okay. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Okay, ready, ready. Oh my right. gosh, this game's gonna take forever. <laughs> all right. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Okay, all right. So Vera, what is it? Was it Robin Williams? It was not Robin Williams. Oh, Jess, Richard Jess. Pryor. It's Richard Pryor. Wow. Jess gets the pie wow. piece. Jess gets the pie piece. It was Richard Pryor. Okay. That's right. I'm the oldest one here, so I think you know, <laughs> it's working in my favor. Okay. Um, all right. So I rolled a two. Um, I can go anywhere. I am gonna. I'm gonna pull a Stranger Things. This is this is Stranger. All right. this is Stranger <clears throat> Things. So I'm gonna pull Stranger Things. Um, all right. So the Stranger Things question is: What store? Did Joyce buy her Christmas lights from? Was it Bradley's Big Buy, Melvad's General Store, or Radio Shack? I'm gonna guess that it was. Um, I want to say Radio Shack because I know Radio Shack was in the show, but I'm wondering if she bought it from another place. All right, so I'm gonna guess Radio Shack because I know Radio Shack was in the store, but it, or show, but it might have been from one of the other two. So I'm don't gonna, say it out loud if you're if you don't. Get okay, it. I'm gonna reveal it. I was incorrect. So if somebody wants Hi. to steal, uh, okay, Nathan, I see your hand. Uh, what was it? Mel Melvids or whatever it's called. It was Mel Melvids. Mel's diner. That, nice. Where she worked, right? Yeah, that's where she works. Okay. She had, right. she had. Well, she had to get the front on her money for the phone, but then she went right. back. And the phone. Yeah. All right. All right. So the status. <laughs> we're going to do another round right now. Then we'll move on with the episode. But the status right now is Jess and Nathan both tied with two pie pieces. Vera, you and I. <laughs> Sadly, sadly, zero. So, okay. All right. Jess, you're up again. Uh, oh, you oh. sent us to the upside. Down. No. I'm about, I'll wait. Yes, I'm going to overtake you. Yeah, you got to yeah. lose now, one. Now, that's the thing. There, so now there's pressure. Now there's pressure. You can still pick any category, but there's pressure because okay. if you get it wrong, you lose pressure. one of your pie pieces. So, um, so which one do you want? All right. I think... I mean, I hope this isn't totally lame, but I'm, I'm I want to win, so I'm going with TV. <laughs> okay, no, that's cool. That's cool. TV. Okay. Oh my gosh. What show about a real American hero ended episodes with the helpful life lessons and the line "Knowing is half the battle." No. GI Joe. A real American hero. hero. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say GI American Joe. Hero. <laughs> G.I. Joe's there. Oh, it's so great. Uh, okay. All right. Movie, too. I have brothers, so that's. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I am a brother. So. <laughs> okay, Vera. You have three, but we're in the upside down, so you can still pick your category wherever you want to go. So, it, unless you need me to read it again, I won't read all the categories from here on out. So, which one do you want? Um, Let's go Stranger Things. Okay. Stranger Things question for Vera. Here we go. Who said to Eleven, I just feel whole, like a piece of me was missing, and now it's not? Just feel whole, like a piece of me. Was it Hopper? Honestly, Hopper is who I thought it was. It is not Hopper. Is it? Is it mine? <laughs> so I'm going to say the line we, one more if time. If we guess and lose, do we and miss it? Do we lose a piece? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you oh, take the risk, okay. you take the, mm. you, yeah. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Like we're in the upside down. If you take the risk, you're gonna you're gonna feel the penalty. So it's your call. Nice no. try, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> so is it? I gotta know. I gotta know. You know. Okay. All right. What, what rules we're playing with? Okay. All right. So are you trying to steal, or are we moving on? No, no, no. I, okay. All right. Enough. That was actually uh, from. I know this is Nathan's favorite episode. From uh, it's Callie from uh, uh, the uh, season two. Uh, so <laughs> we're, this is meant to be a fun episode. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about Callie. I yeah. know. Uh, yeah. I would. I, I would. Never have, 
Yeah. I would never have pulled her name out of there. I would I just <laughs> that would not have happened. Okay, Nathan, you have gotten a four. Yes, sir. Okay. So we're in the upside down and you haven't gone yet. So any category. Hmm. I mean, dang. She got G.I. Joe. That's simple. Just get uh, easy. What's what is it? TV. TV. Okay, TV. Here we go. A commercial. For what candy shows a kid asking Mr. Owl how many licks it oh. takes to the uh, get to the tootsie, center? Tootsie, tootsie Roll Pop. Tootsie Roll Pop. Tootsie Roll Pop. Okay, so One? that is so Two? so that is correct. That is correct. I'm gonna affectionately I'm gonna affectionately oh Nathan referenced earlier mm-hmm. the version of him that usually comes out on Trivial Pursuit. He gets that pie piece, okay? He gets that pie piece. <laughs> is it a Tootsie Roll Tootsie Roll Pop? Is it, it is, a Tootsie no. Pop? It's just oh. Tootsie Pop. I'm oh, okay. giving it okay. to you. Okay. But Nathan <laughs> would not have given it. I'm just friend. letting no, you know. There's a version. It's okay. there's a, when, when the day comes that the fear of God community sits down all together and does this. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't let me get that one. <laughs> no. It would have been like, nope. It, you didn't say Tootsie nope. Pop. You said Tootsie Roll Pop. And that's yes. not right. So, yes. no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what the card says. It's not what the card says. <laughs> yes. It's, it's a true story. Okay. All right. So, my turn. And then we'll move on to other things in the episode. Okay. I'm sending us back. I'm sending us back into the normal world. That ain't right. Okay. Uh, no, oh, no, that ain't right. That's so right. That's so right. Okay. Yeah. Um. You know what? Uh, uh. Yeah. Stranger Things. Whatever. I'm gonna go movies this time. I want to see what it's in. Oh crap. Okay. Um. In Blade Runner, what? Oh, what term is used for the human-looking androids? Uh, I believe it is replicants. And I am right. So okay. All right. In Blade Runner, the term for the human looking androids is replicant. So that ends our first session of it. We will have three more through the run of the show. But right now, Jess Jess and uh, Nathan are tied for first with three pieces. I just, by the skin of my teeth, got one. And Vera, we believe in you. Okay. It's going to come through for you. (laughs) Um, You automatically get a pop piece for your costume. Yes, Reed. Yes. Uh, Do you want to take us through the next part? Let's let's do it. So. So party goers, uh, you know, we've been, we've been TV guide posting stranger things all month and we've had a bunch of poo pooers on the show, uh, wow. a few fans, a few fans, but we wanted y'all on here. Cause you were like, yeah, yeah, we're fans. And, <laughs> uh, I don't, I like to let my, my stranger things season three fan flag fly. And so what better company than you guys, but, um, as we have done, uh, with our guests this month, as it, as far as Stranger Things goes, take you know a minute, two minutes, whatever. Uh, talk a little bit about your experience of the series as a whole. Maybe the context, a little bit of context of how you experienced it, and or what your feelings were as you went along leading up to season three itself. Vera, I'll, I'll start with you. What what is your fandom like as far as Stranger Things goes? So I loved season one, like most people. Um, season two was a, a dip. It was it was fine. Season three brings it not quite to season one level, but back up again. I like how it's campier. Like that's I love campy horror. That's my thing. There are a lot of Evil Dead Army of Darkness references this season, which is my jam. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it gets it gets bonus points from me for just the extra cheese factor this season, honestly. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's awesome. And and what about you, Jess? Um, I just love 80s. Like I 
had said, I'm the oldest one here. So I was born in 77. So I was definitely a kid of the 80s, mm-hmm. three to 10, and then a teenager of the 90s. But I had an older brother who was seven years older than me. And I just feel like I was always, you know, trying to, I don't know, I was just always into the stuff like dressing up like this. Like, I mean, that's pretty much what I would <laughs> try to do with for a 10 year old, you know, yeah. basically. So this is not <laughs> much different. So I think. Anything set in the 80s, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'm, I'm drawn to. Um, and I, like everyone, I feel like it's repetitive to say the season one was so good. I liked season two. I will totally, like, Own it. claim Own it, that. Like, Me too. And I, um, I will say now, and you will see this as we go, I'm not a true critic. Like, <laughs> I like something or I don't, and typically I don't analyze super heavily and so i think it allows me to like things more sometimes like i so enjoy hearing how you guys pull things apart and look i feel like it makes me a smarter watcher and reader and listener but i just think it's so fun like it reminds me like i loved read reading i hated the movie ready player one anything that just kind of brings up all those memories and things you forgot um, so I think that whole backdrop has me and I feel like the story is great. Like I've, mm-hmm. I've enjoyed the story through all three seasons personally. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I agree. I agree. Awesome. I thank you it. for sharing ladies. Thank you all for being here and for, you know, uh, engaging that party energy, uh, uh, the only way you can. And, um, we are going to now because, you know, we have been talking about the entire season and typically on our show when we cover just a single film at a time, uh, we don't have quite this much content. So, you know, feel free to browse a minute your respective lists if you need to. But it is the time of the show where we discuss things uh, that aren't just wrong, friends. They ain't right. <laughs> sure as hell ain't right today on that ain't right we are going to be discussing the entire season of stranger things season three uh if if we decide we want to do more than one round of this we can do it if we have to if we have some hanging out there but uh in general four will probably get us where we want to with some maybe honorable mentions thrown in the mix because that's just what we do um (laughs) reed i'm gonna start with you yeah Oh, you're going to start with me? Okay. I'm start all right. With you. All right. What would you, what would you, as you've scanned your that ain't right list? And I don't know, were you making one as you went for the whole season? You know, what are, what is at least one that kind of rises to the surface for you? So I, what's funny is I didn't quite make a, you know, like a, a specific list until we got to this episode. Um, mm-hmm. So I can remember what was in more of the back half. But to me, still, the biggest that ain't right moment, both in like raising the stakes, grossness, fear factor, everything was the Hawkins population leaving their respective spot at the fair, making their way to the central location where the mind flare was manifesting and then glooping down into like whatever. Isn't that Gwyneth Paltrow's website? 
Ooh, maybe. Flooping. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. I'm just oh, kidding. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, but uh, but basically, like doing that, to, you know, pulling it all together. Yeah. Like so that yeah, the melting people. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. melting people is still my number one. That ain't right for the show. Like it's really. I mean, season. Yeah. Watching episode eight last night and and this is not at all on my then right list but even just watching the monster in action if you when you start really thinking about it you're like that, that is so nasty it's disgusting <laughs> it's, it's so just, gross it's just bile and refuse in you know, like given form like coming yeah, towards yeah, you yeah. it's just absolutely disgusting yeah it's awful yeah so Ooh. that's my number one that ain't right number one that what, uh, what about you jess so i think it's i'm not sure the number of the episode but it's once Eleven has been attacked and has the issue, has it in her leg. Mm-hmm. And I believe, you know where I'm going with this. When oh, Jonathan yeah. goes for that knife uh-uh. to a shin. I mean, I have um, banged my shin bad. Like I was doing a box job, Nathan. It was, it was sure. working and I totally busted my shin a i've never felt pain like that and then so it, a it brought back that memory and then sure. just, you know the thought of like anytime someone comes to you and is like wait on this stick like yeah. you know what's <laughs> about to happen it's yeah. going to be nothing good like, nothing good ever came from someone good. saying bite on this you know yeah. <laughs> it's like mm-mm that ain't, I mean, that alone is that ain't right. That it's like right. that part. <laughs> it's just so bad. And I watched it with my kids um, who are 18 and 14. And yeah, they were just like losing their minds. Like as soon as he went to go get the they're like, no, no. You know, it's, well, it's great. I mean, the anticipation. I mean, yeah. And that, that? But, I mean, I think that's the thing. You're like, it has to be done. Like, could I do that? to another person i don't think i could well there's a reason i'm not a surgeon (laughs) and full credit to 11 and i would say to millie bobby brown's performance in that scene when she's like nah nah i got this and just like (laughs) does her own psychic surgery on her friggin wormy leg thing that's disgusting that ain't right lord yeah that ain't right at all what about you vera that ain't right is how i feel about the leg um (laughs) Um, I'm going to go with, um, spoiler alert, Billy's sacrifice. Mm, so, okay, yep. yeah, when the mind flayer just <clears throat> destroys him, like, it, him. That's there rough. is no mercy there. And it is like, I don't like Billy and I don't think the show does a lot to make you like Billy, mm. but like nobody deserves, nobody deserves that. That was, no. that so. Was I've got a really funny story attached to that. And Reed's going to get so sick and tired of hearing about Bluey, but we're on <laughs> no. this trip. We're on this trip Never. right now. You should, you should, you should just go absorb all of it. But uh, we're on this trip right now. This is why I'm recording from a different location. And it has been just me with my three kids most of the week. And because Bluey is eight minutes, we've spilled a lot of the little pocket time with, Oh, let's turn on a Bluey or two. Well, there's specifically an episode uh, called tickle crabs where Bluey and her sister Bingo are pretend to be little crabs and they go around and tickle the dad. And it's just ha ha ha. Well, in the pool, we've been playing tickle crabs in the pool. Uh, you know, me and the kids. And last night when we were, <laughs> we were watching episode eight of, of Stranger Things, I'm watching it with my two big kids. <laughs> 
and the mind player just starts going to town on Billy. And I was like, oh, tickle crap. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Demented. Yes. Oh, yes. oh, oh. yeah. My 12 year old got onto me. She's like, Daddy, that's not funny. I'm like, that's oh, pretty funny. <laughs> cool. Okay. Oh. Let's see. Y'all all got some good ones there. Um, uh, L performing her own surgery, the bite. Um, I am going to go. Okay. My first honor, my only honorable mention. Okay. Is in episode seven when Steve and Robin are having their moment and Steve willfully slides across a public bathroom floor beneath stalls. I mean, that's like, yeah, take your, keep, keep your gloopy people. And I raise you a yeah. public bathroom public floor bathroom. with yeah, the because, human body sliding across it. Yeah, he wasn't just going to like open the uh, stall no, and walk no, around no. like, no, no, he'd slide and under. To be clear, the two of them had just vomited rather profusely <laughs> yeah, into okay. those toilets. And you got to believe something was on that floor that wasn't just oh. other people's, you know. He says that. He's like, I'm already covered in. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, barf no, and whatever, whatever. He's like, who cares? That's I'm like, you should care. You should still care. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Yeah. Please no care. kidding. So yeah, okay. that ain't right. But I think uh, uh in terms of traditional that ain't rights, it's a momentary thing, but Heather's parents getting face sucked by the mind flayer. Yeah. Did I read did I mention this on a previous episode? I do I that did. to my kids now. I'll oh, do that yes, to my kids. Yes. When we're sitting next to each other on the couch, I'll just reach over and put my hand and go, That's, you know, to their face. You, it's really <laughs> you, you sound like a delightful father. You just, <laughs> you just, <laughs> you just <laughs> like, oh my hey, God. My four-year-old has more than once this week said, you're the best daddy ever. So I'm going to receive I'm that. Sure, I'm, sure you are. I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. And then I went <laughs> to her. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't get it. She's like, tickle crabs. <laughs> so like, What's happening right now? Oh, that's awesome. All oh. right. That has been another installment of. That sure as hell ain't right. All right. And All right. We are back. Okay. So um, we, we're, we're going to break it up again. Y'all, y'all want another round? One more round? Yeah. Of, uh, I do. Okay. I got to defend my title. Okay. All right. Here we go. So <laughs> at, at least me and Jess tied. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're, you're right. tied. Tied. Okay. All right. So, um, I'm pulling for Vera personally. So, um, <laughs> just because she's the, the she's she's the underdog. Okay. So, um, all right. So, presently, previously on Stranger Things Trivia Pursuit, we are back in the right side up world. It is Jess's turn. I'm going to roll the dice. Okay. You get a three, but where we all are, you're in the center, so you can pick your own category. If you need okay. it repeated, you can let me know. But otherwise, I'm going to go with Stranger Things. Okay. Here we go. What is the name of Mike and Nancy's mother? Oh, Mrs. Wheeler. <laughs> that does that does not count. <laughs> I am I am very gracious, but that one no, oh, unfortunately not. Man. So, okay, so uh, wait, 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 um, wait. We should, uh, sweet. Well, no, oh, Mrs. No. Mrs. Wheeler, Mrs. Wheeler. Sorry, that's yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna give. No, I can't. I'm gonna Do give Nathan and Vera and. I, an opportunity to steal, but not a long one. Oh, go fish. I would have said Mrs. Wheeler too. <laughs> um, Face sucking himself. I know the actor's name. <laughs> no, Nathan, no, that's, that's not, not a she plays. No, shh, hush, hush. That's, that's not going to count. That's not going to count. 
just ah, Joyce calls her at the festival. It's like, hey, oh, hey, I know. you. All right. I need, <laughs> you, I hey, need you, an answer. Fellow citizen. Throw one out. <laughs> Dead throw, throw, throw No, because I don't want to lose the poppies. No, we're not in the upside down. You're safe. Oh, You're oh, like, oh, yeah, you are fine. Yeah, you are fine from losing a pie piece. I, I don't so, have it. I don't have it. I okay. Can't find all right. It. Cool. So the answer Karen. was. Yeah. Okay. The answer was Karen. So that is that's why I kept telling you. Dang it, Karen! I I I said, just you know, yell something out. You might be right. Okay, she's everywhere. Vera, Vera, it's your opportunity for redemption. (laughs) So you got a five, but you can pick any category. Whose turn was that? That was Jess's. That was Jess's turn. You tried to steal. Yeah. All right, Vera, go ahead. Music. Music. Look out! Music's getting a little bit of love. This could be fun. Okay. Oh my God. Ugh. I'm so sorry, Vera. Do I just keep getting the <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's just anytime I pull a card and I don't know the answer, I just assume nobody knows the answer because that's how egotistical <laughs> I am. That's a fair okay. assumption. Wow. <laughs> so, um, all right. So when does Corey Hart wear sunglasses according to his 1984 song? Actually, maybe this is... Think At about night? it. You don't know that, that is correct. Don't mess around with a man in shades. I just didn't know who Corey Hart was. So I was like, oh, oh. But then when what? I read the question, oh. I was like, oh, yeah. OK. All right. So there you go. Vera, Vera knows it. Yeah. Vera makes it onto the board. With that night. Yeah, she's got it. Night. <laughs> so All right. I can, so I can. Nathan, Somebody go. Yes. You also have a five. So what are you wanting? What are you wanting? Oh, why? Because we're back in the upside. No, we're we're back in the upside, but you have not moved from the center, so you get to pick Weird. any of your characters. <laughs> I don't understand. You just um, need to follow. You just need okay. To follow I'm just I'm just here. <laughs> um, you know what? I I love some '80s music, so you gonna, gonna try for it? I'm gonna pick that one. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. As easy music. as that one was. Okay. <laughs> Which Madonna hit mm. includes the line? When your heart beats next to mine. Like a virgin. That's right. That's right. Cotton for the very first time. Wow. Mm, That's like a surgeon. Like a surgeon. Yes. Uh, the yeah. weird, <laughs> weird owl. Yes. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> I Reed was like, what? Wait a minute. Did I give him the wrong <laughs> answer? <laughs> I know. I was like, uh, I was like, things got super dark there for a second. The <laughs> like, oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Okay. All yes. Right. So that's right. a pie so piece? That is a pie piece. All right. And with uh, that, you have, you have presently taken the lead with that. So, okay. All right. So I am going to go. I'm going to go for one of the ones that have not been done yet. So I'm going to go for uh, famous people and events. Just because we haven't done one yet. All right. So famous people and events. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. Okay. um, (laughs) What rock singer whose band's first album was released in 1980 was born Paul David Hewson? Um, So I I don't automatically know. So but I'm going to I'm going to guess it's Huey Lewis in the news. Oh, my gosh. You're going to be so upset. You're going to be so upset. Yes. Okay. All right, so steal it. What is it? That's Bono. It's you too. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. my okay. gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. I couldn't remember. I couldn't Rouse remember. Rouse strikes again. Oh, he does. Man. <laughs> he does. He does, y'all. Okay, so just only because he's close, 
what happens is, so we presumed nobody would get to the actual like winning, but Nathan is one pie piece away. So, so when you, when you get all five pie pieces, you have to go to the center and you have to answer a stranger things question. So, so when you, so when you get, if, if you get your next question, (laughs) yes, absolutely. So that ends that ends this round. The standing is Nathan is one pie piece away and one Stranger Things question away from claiming the victory. Okay, uh, Vera, you and I each have one pie piece. Jess, not too shabby a showing with still three pie pieces. Okay, so um, it's a little bit out of order from what we're normally doing, but you know it's a party, and you know we're just we're we're doing things a little bit uh, different. So so uh, this is we're gonna break away from Stranger Things and eighties trivia whatever, and uh, and we're gonna ask people a, a fun little ditty question that we normally ask. Uh, take it away, Island Family. What you watching? So this is, uh, of course, the segment where we talk about what we've been watching, reading, and or listening to. Vera, I'm going to come to you first this time around. What you're watching, what you're reading, what you're listening to. I mean, Stranger Things, but no. um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go with a podcast called Hmm. The Magnus Archive. So it's a horror anthology podcast. They just wrapped up their fifth and final season. So if you wanted to listen, you you have all of the episodes available to you. Um, But it is about the Magnus Archives, which is an institute that investigates paranormal events. And they are going through their files and recording the stories on tape, which is the backdrop for why you were hearing these different horror stories and then there is an overarching story having to do with the magnus archives but it is some of the best horror stories that i've heard in a very long time um it's really yeah it's really entertaining it's really gripping kind of radio theater so i highly recommend the magnus archives i found it because i uh used an audio on tiktok that was really creepy and became popular with like the clown core crowd. I don't do. Wow. Oh, okay. But the audio was like super, super creepy. And then I was like, where is this from? And then I found this podcast. Wow. Wow. Okay. That's- wow. Cool. The Magnus archives. <laughs> a rabbit trail. Yeah. All right. All right. I might, I might have to, I might have to seek that out. I love me a good creepy podcast. That's why, oh, that's why we should. started one. So yes. <laughs> like, like- <laughs> so this first, first number one on the list of creepy. <laughs> Second Magnus Archives. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. Jess, what you've been watching, what you've been reading, listening to. Okay. So you guys are so good. I realized I looked at what the books I was reading and different things besides Stranger Things. I'm like, um, it's because it's been suggested to me by you guys. So Aww. I'd basically be like, hey, how about <laughs> you awesome. watch Kim's Convenience? <laughs> or Set in the tiny, you know. small Canadian town of Toronto. <laughs> the small, small. So the tiny little so suburb. <laughs> I love so it when a joke comes back. And I've been reading, I listened to your old podcast with JR. Great book. Like I just have read the first chapter of that. So I've also really enjoyed your 80s going through all the movies like year by year. So it's like, oh, I wonder like what are popular books from the 80s? Like what have I read? Like what could I 
you know, so I was, I found this site, uh, Lit Hub, and they had like 10 books that like define the 80s. And a couple stood out, which Handmaid's Tale was written. And these were all books that were written in the 80s and also popular in the 80s, not like they received acclaim. So that was one that I remember reading a couple years ago and really liking. I never watched the show, but I really enjoyed that. The show Um, is The one that I remember that I decided to revisit and have in the past week is Beloved by Toni Mm, Morrison. Toni Morrison, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I feel like that is a great kind of match with... um, this crowd, I don't know if anyone has, it's a lot of required reading in college and maybe mm-hmm. upper levels of high school, but it is, um, you know, this family has a ghost in their house mm-hmm. is kind of how it starts. And she, the woman, Setha, is a, an ex-slave and had left. And I don't want to give anything away if anyone, you know, ends up yeah. wanting to read it, but uh, Toni Morrison didn't realize she it's almost the second anniversary of her death, like oh, wow. in the month yeah. of at the beginning of August. So I just um, that was one of those books that they're like that was a huge deal. She broke down just a lot of um, barriers like they were saying her being on so many college syllabuses as required reading and kind of joining this older white men club. And yeah. having this woman and her, you know, <clears throat> voice um, as part of the canon has been like a really big deal. So it was cool. Awesome. And I went back to that book and I remember why I had liked it. I mean, it mm-hmm. definitely is heavy. I mean, it's not a light summer read by any means. But um, like I said, you guys really make me think more about like versus, oh, I like this. I don't, you know, just mm-hmm. character development, like how you really get to know these people like inside and out and how they are processing this life they led on this plantation and just kind of, it's just, it's really rich um, and, awesome. and quite heavy. So awesome. No, uh, you know, what's funny is I ha- I actually have seen that movie. The movie was directed by uh, Jonathan Demi who directed um Silence of the Lambs and Philadelphia. Um, and But it's been years since I've seen the movie. I've never read the book. So uh, I, I might have to take that on and go ahead and read that. Um, Nathan, I'm going to come to you next. What you, okay. what you been watching, reading, listening to? What you doing? Not a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, crap. Um, I didn't prepare. I actually, I actually was going to mention one, but it might be a submission of a person on the show, on the podcast right now is uh, uh, what it says. So I, I will not do that. But um, I was racking my brain. I was like, what? I know we were watching something. My wife and I did just watch, I think it was seven episodes. It's a full, the full season of mayor of East town on HBO, mm. um, which is really good. There are a lot of ways. It's very uh, not, out of the box in terms of what it does. In other words, it's kind of a mystery story, slight procedural aspect to it, you know, kind of broken central figure, sort of maybe putting her life back together kind of tropes. But uh, three things that really set it apart. Uh, One is the service they give to the entire world. The character occupies. In other words, Mm kind of every there are no secondary characters there's all just this this richly embodied and inhabited world that she operates in uh the she 
uh, being Kate Winslet. Uh, the second thing, of course, is the performances, as mentioned, Kate Winslet, but also, man, Jean Smart is so mm. amazing, and she plays her mom in it, and that relationship just crackles. Uh, those two performers on screen just really soar every time you see them. Uh, and the third thing that I would say really sets it apart is that it does a lot of things you expect from a show like it. In other words, it's very, it's got some darkness baked into it. Uh, it's got some melancholy, some, some kind of sadder aspects to it, but it has a really soft heart by its end and, and a really uh, grace filled kind of delivery of what it does in, in a way that you're like, huh, I'm really, as someone who actually likes occasionally those darker stories, you know, like, Oh yeah. man, true detective type of stuff. That's just really effed up. You forget, Oh wow. You don't have to have it all be this, <laughs> you know, uh, this, this stone around your neck right. uh, type of type of viewing. And so I really found that refreshing. So yeah, I, I definitely would recommend Mary Beast town again. It's only seven episodes. Um, and, and honestly, it's not despite some of the darker elements, it's not, aggressively so i mean it's yeah it's it does enough with what it has to kind of let you know oh this is a sad story but uh has a really lo- real loveliness to it anybody else watch that so well southeast pennsylvania i mean i, I have know a yeah. but i believe you, wawa is mentioned well for you specifically so um the, i reference this a lot on the show the watch podcast uh andy greenwald and chris ryan uh who are kind of pop culture but tv specifically on that show they are philly folk by birth and okay. they ha- they had kate winslet on twice oh, specifically awesome. for mayor and they t- you would love those conversations just because it's about yeah. the touch points culturally in that region and how well, like the, the accent the accent they accent. use on the show That's yeah what... yeah it'll kind of it'll kind of jar your brain if you're not from there or never heard it you're like what did she say (laughs) um (laughs) just this weird delivery on the o's uh which you're probably very familiar with but i had no clue existed (laughs) but anyway yes mary so uh my my wife actually watched that my wife is on her summer break right now because she's a teacher and so she has more disposable time than i do uh just typically so uh she watched it and and also said reed i think you would really like this show so i've I've been meaning to check it out i all of these recommendations i I definitely want to give it a shot um i'll round things off i first of all have to give a little bit of uh, applause a little standing o if you have not been paying attention to the blog on the fear of god podcast recently you need to go there because every wednesday we drop a whatcha blog uh and this uh, as of this recording it's been a couple of weeks ago now uh our guest today vera dropped uh, a bluey primer on on the thing and she had recommended the show i forget what episode it's 47 meters down uh that 47 meters down um and so uh she had mentioned it to us before um, but I still had not made it to it. But Vera, I took your primer and I watched those episodes specifically. <laughs> and, um, You've and been so, holding out on me. Of course, I've been holding out on you. I was like, oh, I wanted to do it. I love it. <laughs> this makes me so happy. And so, um, so that is that is actually not my formal watch. I'm just sharing well, some some applause oh, for her. Oh, but no, oh. no, no, no. I'm just sharing some applause. <laughs> like, so because I will say this, like. I watched Vera's primer and I want to encourage the listeners to go like your, your breakdown was great. Like these are the episodes that are wonderful and these are why they're wonderful.
wonderful. Uh, lots of honorable mentions in there. I found Dad Baby. I, I went. <laughs> I, went hunting I just for showed Dad that Baby. to the kids last night. Yeah, and I found that it was a charming episode, and it's a shame that it's banned. Yeah, I, I, I love why, it, and I hate that Disney banned it. <laughs> I know it's 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 really dumb. Wow. It's really for a dumb reason, I think. But but I, I, I kind of get it at the same time. Um, but no, listeners, go check out. We've been singing the praises of Bluey. You need to be watching Bluey. Um, and uh, and I'm glad that I'm in the club. I'm glad. Yes, I'm me too. Yay. <laughs> yeah. So so now that I've completed Vera's primer, I want to go through the show just kind of beginning to end and and catch up on Definitely everything. Definitely do it. Um, There's actually an astonishing amount of continuity to that show. Like oh even really? Now, okay. Pick- oh right. yeah. Yeah, cool. It's wild. I do have to I, again. I have another watcher that I'm excited to talk about. But uh, I, what I was not expecting when, if, even though Vera warns us on the blog, I was not expecting to nearly ugly cry at baby race. Like, oh my what? gosh, R- really, really? I'm sitting there like, like because you were a bum shuffler when you were a baby. <laughs> <laughs> the things I tell you in confidence, and then. And then just here we are. I've got to stick a mic in my face and like, oh, yeah. But oh, man, there's no shame in bum shuffling. (laughs) (laughs) I love love this. Like, there's no shame in bum shuffling. And then it just cuts to her, like, screaming. She's like, ha ha ha. So, um, but no, no, no. So, yeah, lots of love to Louie. My my formal watcha is I have already mentioned on this episode what a sucker I am for a gimmick. And okay. nobody does media entertainment gimmick like Netflix. Um, Netflix are, you know, prone to dropping an, an ad for 10 Clover, you know, for Cloverfield Paradox and then airing the movie that night. You know, like Netflix is all about the gimmick. Well, what they've done now is and it had been talked about for a while. It's been known that these that this was in the works, but then they just sort of decide, hey, Here's what we're going to do for July, Um, a trilogy of horror Mm. films. Mm -hmm. And uh, as of this recording, two of them have been released and two of them have been watched by me as of this recording. Tomorrow, the third one drops and I am extremely excited. (laughs) Um, So this uh, trilogy is called Fear Street. It's based on the R.L. Stein series of novels, which if you think of R.L. Stein exclusively for his Goosebumps work, which is very Mm. child friendly and very light in sort of its its graphic content. Fear Street is not that. Um, Fear Street, the books were um, not quite like adult mature, but definitely look more graphic in violence. Um, they're aimed more at the high school crowd, so things are getting a little bit more intense. Um, and so what, what they've done is they've adapted, you know, Netflix just bought the rights. I actually am remiss that I, I don't remember the actual creative team behind it, but it's a trilogy of films. And these three films are all based on sort of uh, some of the Fear Street stories. But what's really cool about these movies is that they go backwards in time. It's a story whose mythology is told kind of in reverse. So the first part is part one, 1994. And then it's got some, it's not too shocking to know this is a trilogy of films. So there's going to be a little bit of bleed over to the narrative at the end of part one. Part two picks up. And part two kind of continues some of the threads of what you saw in 1994, but the bulk of the movie is 1978. And so it, it uh, takes the story back to 1978, same villainous threat, uh, same you know town location. The basic premise is that you have these two towns, Sunnyvale and Shadyside. Yeah, they're silly names, but Sunnyvale and Shadyside. Sunnyvale, one of the safest, cleanest towns uh, in the state. Shadyside is like a murder nexus and lots of horrible things. Well, happen. it's in the name. It's shady. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to go to the shady side of town. Come on. So, um, 
So, but, but basically there are these individual kids who are kind of beset by, uh, the, the, the supposed spirit of this witch, uh, whose name was, uh, fear. Her last name was fear, uh, spelled F I E R, but that's where some of the, you know, fear street sort of mythology comes in. So I'm extremely excited. These movies are fun. They are, uh, they are mature. They would be rated R with ease. Um, they are rated R. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, oh, like, yeah. yeah, like TVMA or whatever. But, um, but they are absolutely like graphic language, graphic violence. Um, and so, so just be aware well, of let that. Let me, let me ask you that as a parent who had to have a conversation, conversation with their kid, their 12 year old, because the 12 year old was like, Oh, the carrot, the actor from Stranger Things is in this. Right. And she's like, right. she's like, I started watching it and then I realized it was rated R. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> so but she keeps pushing like, can we watch beer train no so i know it's rated r it's not tvma it's actually actively rated r but oh, i like, thought it was tvma and, okay yeah and in, in your estimation these two it's pretty rough um it's pretty rough like or rough like, enough um the the language alone is like it, it's sure. r-rated the language alone is r-rated but there are when there are deaths the deaths I'm gonna blame are... you when i tell my kid <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> When you, said, um, you can't watch it <laughs> it's not it's not quite ash versus evil dead level of awful but sure. but um the deaths are violent they're like violent they're the and they and, and they have <laughs> no no <laughs> um but they have some uh they have some practical effect fun okay. with the deaths so it's it's pretty graphic um there's mm. also it, it, in what i've seen it's it it's not like super extreme but like there's some there's some sexual content as well so sure. so just yeah. you know like it's it's all the things but um it's got a great my one big complaint about it and it's not even a big complaint but my my critique is because they take place in different eras 94 78 66 um it's almost like the the people who picked the soundtrack for this could not narrow down how many songs they wanted to throw in so you are just assaulted with like a barrage <laughs> like every, it, like in three minutes i think i saw i counted like five songs that i saw okay. i heard a short clip wow. of and i'm like holy cow i get it okay this is the 70s i get it you're listening to cat stevens i've heard half of his gold album now will you please like move on to the you know i was like but um but the movies are super fun there's a great energy around them um it, so if you like that like slasher kind of vibe uh these movies are really fun and i'm really looking forward to the third one i hope the third one lands in a really solid way but yeah that's the fear street trilogy on netflix i, nice. I highly love it so. it's on my queue yeah, i loved reading fear street when i was a teenager so okay very lots of, and and i think they've done a decent job of throwing nuggets in so the stories are based around like more of a singular central plot, but there's lots of nuggets in there that I'm seeing. I'm like, nice. oh, okay, all right, that's a wink. So if you read a lot of those books, I think you'll probably have lots of little Easter egg things of like, oh, that's that's cool, that's fun, very cool. Yeah, you'll enjoy it. I think you'll like it. So, all right, so that has been another installment of Take Us Away Island Family. What you watching? What you reading? Okay, so uh, before we before we dig back into the actual upside down and have a, a hearty conversation about Stranger Things for the for the you know back end of this episode, let's do let's do another round. Okay, all so, right, do it. All right, so all we're right. gonna do it. All right, so we're gonna do another round. All right, here we go. Um, all right, Jess, you're Great up. You've got 
we are in the right side up. Uh, and Jess, this time around, you're actually going, based on how you roll, you're going to have two different selections instead of everything oh. goes. All right. So your choices are either, either TV or music. Only those two choices based on where you are on the board, either TV or music. All right. I'm going TV. I'm going TV. Okay. All right. On a 1982 episode of Late Night with David Letterman, what oh, TV star, what TV star threw coffee at pro wrestler Jerry Lawler after Jerry Lawler slapped him? I knew the answer to this question. Wow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised. <laughs> Wait, okay. So it's a pro wrestler. Wait, say it one more time. No. Okay. So uh, on a 1982 episode of Late Night with David Letterman, what TV star, you looking for a TV, TV. star? What TV star threw coffee at pro wrestler Jerry Lawler after Lawler slapped him? Gosh, I have no idea. Okay, so you, you calling it? I'm calling it. All right, anybody have a steal? Mm -mm. Okay, I'm going to throw out one hint, give you a chance at redemption. It was featured in the movie Man on the Moon. Mm. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not helping. <laughs> okay, no worries. All right. So, for the sake of for the sake of expediency, it was Andy Kaufman. He's the star of Taxi, and okay. um, and he was doing this big wrestling gimmick. And he and Jerry Lawler yeah. had worked out the bit. Nobody else knew it was a a bit except like. the pair of them, but they had worked it out. Um, okay. All right, Vera, you are up. Now okay. we were in we were in the right side up, Jess. So you didn't lose a pie piece. We're in the right side up. Okay. Oh, but not for long, everybody, because, <laughs> because we're going back to the Man. upside down. Oh my my turns are cursed. It's, it's so rough. It's so rough. Okay, so now, but because we're back in the upside down, we all got portaled in. You can pick your category anywhere you want to go. Okay, I'm going to go, is it tech trends and something? Yeah, trends, tech, and fun. Okay. <laughs> okay I'm going to try right. that one. All right, here we go. In 1982, <laughs> music albums were sold in what digital format for the first time? Ooh. Oh. Ooh. Digital format oh. for the first eight track? The, the answer is not eight track. Oh, I don't somebody, know. Somebody want to oh. try to steal? I'm going to I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going crazy. I'm going to say floppy disk. Okay, she said floppy disk. I deserve to win right now and <laughs> that is Okay, so she said floppy disk. Floppy disk is not the answer. Unfortunately, we're in inside out, so I had to pull a pie piece. Oh, I know, I had to pull a pie right. piece. Um, so Nathan's dying. All right, I'm. I'm but I mean, give... do you get the opportunity, Reed? I feel bad. No, you, I, I, no. I'm, okay. this, I'm. I'm having fun, but I am going to okay, say. Good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a chance. Go ahead. Go ahead, Nathan. Vera, well, no, I think, what, say what you were going to say. Well, just I did I say Vera, it already? Sorry. No, Vera, oh. you said it. You said it. So your I answer was it. wrong. Your answer was wrong, but um, but you did say it. So Nathan, if you did not hear her answer, feel I, free to guess. No, but I mean, I would have said CD, a compact disc. Compact disc. They were CD. in 1982. Really? 1982. Yep, that was I, when I the format was reduced. Yep, that was when the format wow, was released. You ain't an 80s baby, Jess. Get out of here. Oh, oh my wow. gosh. Come on, it's <laughs> you a tech I, I am now Jim, and you are my hologram. Okay, so you know? that's it, what we're doing. <laughs> since it is your turn, since yeah. it is your turn, and since you got that steel question right, Nathan, you have to answer a Stranger Things question, and if you okay. answer it correctly, you have won this game. Wow, I like playing those. So we don't if, have to stop. <laughs> if you answer it incorrectly, we are in the upside down, and you lose a pie piece. Okay, okay, okay. I can. Does he lose them all? 
He does not lose them all. Oh, that would be brutal. Oh, nice that would be brutal. Karen Wheeler. Okay. Karen Wheeler. Karen all right. Wheeler. What? Oh, son of a bitch. Y'all, <laughs> I'm, fa- I'm fairly certain Nathan is going to win this. So we will play for runner-up, okay, uh, after, after this time. Nathan, you might be able well, to drive it home. Are you ready? Who is the first character to go into the tunnels underneath the pumpkin patch in season two? Hopper. It's Hopper. It's Hopper, ladies I mean, and gentlemen. I mean, Nathan yeah. Rouse. And, and how appropriate that he ends on... Channeling uh, you know, Hopper with his that, shirt today. That's exactly right. Of course he's right. going to get that one. That's exactly right. I'll okay. just keep collecting pie pieces, though. We can keep going. <laughs> no, no, no. That's it's okay. how we'll do it. All right. So, 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 Nathan Rouse, you have officially won this game, this installment of Trivial Pursuit Stranger Things edition. That was... Super fun, fun, y'all. Yes. I had a super fun time. It was fun. That was a, that was a really good You're time. You're really bad at it. It's fun. We, oh, we met, <laughs> see, that's the thing. Like, when my, when my wife and I will sometimes, like, when the game is over, and we did this the first time we got this game and we played it ourselves, is then after the game was officially over, which she won, she, she trounced me, when she when the game was over, we just pulled out the cards yep. and just start reading. We the should cards. do that just at like, the end, yeah. You know, like right that would be fun. Just another, yeah. you know, like a low stakes. Just like, hey, what do we yeah. get? Okay. Um, but we are here. Thank you, uh, team, for playing along with us. And we are now going to dive into all things Stranger Things season three. So um, I'm going to go to our guests right now and just sort of say, like, we haven't gotten a chance aside from that ain't right to just mention some things specifically about episodes seven and eight. Um, if either of you want to, Vera, I'm going to come to you first. Um, let's let's go ahead and keep it initially to episode seven, if your notes are specific to that. Um, and what do you love about episode seven? It's called The Bite. I have two things, I think, that are both from episode seven. So one is that the mayor gives me um, season three of Buffy Mayor vibes. Did anyone ever watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer? That's yeah. the episode, or that's the season where the mayor is the big bad, yeah. and like, oh, yeah. yeah, Carrie Elwes is like definitely same vibes. That's and the other point. thing yeah. is all of the Evil Dead Army of Darkness references. That right. episode give me some, give me made some. me so happy. So there's the cabin in the woods. Uh, so Hopper's cabin. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You've yeah. seen the Evil Dead the musical? There's a whole song about it. Cabin in the woods, ooh, and it just reminds <laughs> me of that every time. Um, but there's like a deer head on the wall. And that's so funny because I did pick up on the deer head. And I wasn't even thinking that that's a reference <laughs> to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's the um, when Nancy goes to the shed to find the um, she finds a rifle in the shed. Mm-hmm. There is evil dead Two trivial bit where um, they didn't think that the audience would know where Ash was going when he went to the work shed to go and get the chainsaw. And so there is a very obvious, very awful dub over where he like turns and looks at the camera and his mouth doesn't move, but he says work shed. So that's a <laughs> reference. Um, there is the, when the um, mind flayer's limb gets cut off and it crawls away mm-hmm. as like mm-hmm. Ash's hand does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. That is. That's awesome. awesome. <laughs> I love that cabin fight. Just like it's great. It's 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 such a fantastic. And I mean, again, as we've talked about multiple times when we've referenced the show, like these set pieces raise the stakes probably more effectively than some of the previous seasons, because I feel like for the previous seasons sort of build to a singular confrontation. And it's great. It's it, it, it's really wonderful to that end. Um, but these have multiple times where you're just like, holy crap, how are they going to get out of this one? Um, and so, yeah, I, I absolutely love that cabin fight. That's really, really cool. Jess, what you got for episode seven? Anything specific? For episode seven. Um, 
just so sad when Alexi dies. Oh, that one yeah. hurts. That, yeah, I mean, I loved his character. I really, mm-hmm. really did. I mean, I mean, a Slurpee affection, definitely. <laughs> yeah. and, and Woody Woodpecker. I just I thoroughly <laughs> that scene where Hopper called his bluff. Like, I love that. I, yeah. I was like, oh, it's he's fantastic. Gone. He's gone. Yeah. And when he came, oh, so I just love him. And I like him with. Is his name Murray? Murray. Uh, yeah. Miss, yeah. I love Mr. Them together. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was so, yeah. So I was just kind of wrecked by that, yeah. that death. I was not, I yeah. just wasn't expecting that until you're like, oh, shoot. No, that guy's back. They're having so much fun. And like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Him winning stuff. And, you know, it's not rigged. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is like, he had just won that big prize. And that's, that's <laughs> yeah. another part that sort of, takes you out a little bit on it is because for a character Completely. that was, a, you know, was ostensibly like just the Russian big bad or like, you know, part and parcel to the Russian, you know, sort of group that were doing their thing. You really do care about Alexei. Like you really feel that, yeah. that death. Um, and that was, yeah. So well, I, and, I, I and to add it. to that, cause, cause that's on my list too. Like one, you're just not thinking about him being under threat. Right. You're thinking Hopper, Joyce, not really Murray. You're probably not Alexi. You're just not, it's just not on the radar that, oh, he's in trouble. And that scene is so well blocked. He's just walking. All of a sudden, Arnold enters the frame and like, oh man, that's rough. Yeah. Yeah. That's a a tough one. Absolutely agree. Nathan, what you got? Uh, I love, love the Stephen Robin scene of her coming out to him. I just think it's, like Robin is such a great addition to the cast period, but they keep throwing these fun layers on Steve yeah. of, you know, like, like just, just the way he rolls with the information is so lovely. And that scene is so mm-hmm. sensitively done and so well scripted, of course, you know, beautifully performed, um, I mean, in general, the two of them are just a great, have great chemistry. Uh, but I just really love that scene as, as a little, so, so that's my primary note on seven. And then other than Alexi, I just loved, I, I am not a violent man by <laughs> any shred. Uh, but, and I, and I actively dislike the, the sort of, uh, idea of redemptive violence, but every now and then you like to see your hero just beat the tar out of the little Russian guy. You know, you're like, <laughs> Oh man, Hopper. He just lays that dude That's, out. My in the favorite fun thing about Hopper is his readiness to just punch someone in the face. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, amazing. And then he clotheslines that. Oh, it's great. Yes. So I love that <laughs> scene. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, one, the only thing that hasn't been specifically brought up from episode seven that I love before we move into episode eight is Murray gives Hopper and Joyce the talking to of all talking to's. <laughs> and it is it is just so delightful. He reads all of their mail like right there. And, and I love how initially they're so like, no, 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 no. But by the time he's done, they're both just like, well, we're not saying another word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the car car ride uh it's just it's really fantastic no it's a, it's a great episode um and so then we end on probably what i would have to give pound for pound as it might be i mean episode six of season one is really strong but i think episode six six of one is not the finale right uh no remember. no 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 six of one is where like 
she comes back in and rescues them where they are about to throw Mike into the ravine oh, yeah, and yeah, all yeah, the stuff. Yeah, and then yeah, Elle yeah. comes and saves the day and they're all reunited. That's one of my, I love that episode. But um, if not for that one, I would say definitively that episode eight of season three was my favorite episode of the show. I think it's an absolutely wonderful, wonderful episode. All of the things have come together in like collision status. And the fact that they've got all of these different plot threads uh, one of my favorite things uh when in when they all reunite in episode seven and for like 30 seconds they're just all what do you mean the russians what are you talking about we're talking about this and you just realize like oh yeah there's been a lot in this show <laughs> you know um but i think they they really do some great payoffs some of which we already kind of talked about and that ain't right because you know we do get the the thing with billy uh this time around but I, I will say that just the battle in Starcourt is such it's amazing. A great, it's amazing. I mean, uh-huh. it just that whole thing where you. Re- I, I'm really, I'm really worried for L. L. They they've done some interesting things with her. She's been saving the day this whole season, and now she doesn't have her powers. Like she's just sort of a machine that is out of fuel. She's not a machine. She's a human. Thanks, Mike. But she has run out of <laughs> she has run out of power, and so when Billy comes in you know, knocks out Max, takes out Mike, and then, you know, knocks out L. I'm seriously like, holy crap. Like, what are they, what are they going to do here? Yeah, and this then, poor girl. Yeah, this poor girl. Yeah. I wanna, can I interject a funny story? Real sure, quick? sure, sure. So, sure. so I've been watching this again. I, we watched the whole series together, me and the kids and my wife, and then rewatching it with them for this. And it's so funny. Uh, and the, in the start of season three, when Hopper's given Mike crap, uh, my 12 year old, she was like, she was like, Oh, I feel so bad for Mike. And, and because, Oh, it's after he lied to, to L. I was right, like, what are you? Right. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no sister. Like, I mean, everyone deserves our empathy, right? Some empathy for the devil wow. just, but wow. <laughs> you know, come on, you, 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 you led with empathy for Mike when Elle's the one who has been lied to. So I really gave her a hard time about that. Wow. <laughs> last, last, <laughs> no, it gets better. Last night we're watching episode eight and that scene you just outlined, uh, uh, Billy smacks Max and then he yeah. just slams Mike into the wall and then he just hammers L and my 12 yeah. year old is like, oh, poor Mike. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> What is wrong with you? I was like, I mean, sure. He's like, I was like, no, you're just with the patriarchy now, aren't you, kid? You know, like, come on. Like, it's my, we want Mike to be okay, but why are you leading with that? It's so funny. That is, so I'm, sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off. It's been no, fun. It's okay. I mean, my last, my last statement on it was just that, like, what a great payoff. What an absolutely great payoff when. I mean, Billy lays her down almost like sacrificial altar status before the mind flayer. And then, you know, like it's really kind of creepy, slimy little like just try to stay still kind of thing that Billy whispers in her ear. And then the mind flayer is about to go in for the swoop in for the kill. And then Lucas with the with the fireworks, like it's just it's a wonderful, wonderful payoff um, leading into just a really fantastic, just absolutely uh, enormous set piece that I just think is is really, really, uh, really quite killer. So, um, Jess, I'm going to come to you next. What you got for episode eight? Okay. Well, I mean, wow. Episode eight is like Mm -hmm. you've all been saying. I mean, that payoff. And I'm going to, I, I'm not going to say I like Billy, but Mm -hmm. I, I definitely felt for him. Like, I mean, he, Mm -hmm. 
was a dastardly character for sure. I, I don't know. I, that beach scene um, Mm -hmm. of him with his mom was enough for me. And, you know, we all bring our experiences into everything, but I am just, you know, I mean, even back in season two, I mean, he was so over the top, awful. You're like, okay, step that like there's a story here. So it was just, I feel like I was waiting for it. I'm like, obviously he, you know, there's abuse. And so that first scene with his dad, I was like, Mm. okay, this is, this makes, this is making sense. And then when you see him as a little boy and seeing him, you know, punch his mom in the face and Mm. it seems like, you know, his mom was really, his, you know, his shining light there. I, yeah. I don't know. Like, do you remember? <laughs> I only watched the beginning of this movie. This is kind of me with most of these horror movies. Like, I start with it and I'm like, nope, can't do it. Oh, I'm with Jennifer Lopez. Lopez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Jennifer yes. Lopez. Yeah. And so you know, Vince she goes to mine and he's like that brutal and and she's you know seeing him abused and that's when I was kind of like, I'm out. But like. That just seeing that first 20 minutes, like that has stuck with me. And so I just feel like that payoff at the end of him. Mm. And I can't remember what she's saying to him, but like that is just, I I just can't put into words. I mean, that is like reconciliation. Like he is like, I don't know. I just, she saw him and he, it completely changed him. And I don't know if that it just, uh, man, I just am like, you just want to stand up and like, wow, <laughs> sure. be able to put that into, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. I mean, it just, I love Well, it. and the, the way you said it, she saw him like, because she invokes what, what she does is invokes the seven feet. You told her seven feet. And then she starts talking. It's like, your mom was beautiful, you know, and like, and you felt so happy. And so she saw him. And, and I think, you know, in that way that it can be very powerful, even for the most villainous of characters, like to be seen in the place where you felt most at home and to be sort of validated that and brought back to that. Um, you know, it, it really does like uh, for, for as awful of a character and as flat of a character as he is in season two, I think they, they did uh, an impressive sort of thing to just sort of at least tilt us up right there at the end. Uh, if not fully on board for him sure. to at least sympathize with with what he had to overcome, what he what he had to deal with. Um, Vera, what you what you got for episode eight? Yeah, that is a beautiful beautiful moment. Like it's like um, just a sleepy time. Blue reference again. Like mom's warm hug is what that's like. Yeah, and I just mm-hmm. think that it's a really sweet thing that they did for it at the end there. Um, I'm just gonna reference stuff again that I saw in the episode. Because- <laughs> yeah but, awesome. i mean the episode is so 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 good and i'm sure we'll get into it when we start talking about themes so mm-hmm. um the russian facility star wars alarms mm-hmm. it. Uh, wow yeah. yeah um the end the very very end when you have like the news report and they call it horror in the heartland but it's basically like satanic panic yeah i, I totally yeah. caught that this time some people and, believe that satan is at you know and, and i was yeah. like wow yeah <laughs> Um, and the last one is that one of the movies that they um, that's playing at the cinema um, when they come out is Return to Oz. Has anybody seen yes. Return yes. to Oz? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That oh, that is. I accidentally own that movie because I <laughs> forgot to return it to. 
I forgot to return it to Blockbuster, and so they made me like keep the VHS and pay for it. Um, which and I don't have a VHS anymore, so now I can't even watch this copy of Return to Oz that I own. But it's on Disney Plus, and I rewatched it recently, and it is super creepy. It yeah. is like, super creepy. Yeah, yes. zombie oh, yeah. and the wheelers, and I just yes, like I wheelers. saw it flash up there, and I was like, oh, that's almost worse than the Mind Player. that is funny because i totally was like telling and they're like we don't care but i'm like oh you guys this is really weird like yeah tiktok come on oh man robot not the app yeah no kidding no kidding um all right so nathan i think you're probably gonna bring this up so i'm gonna come to you next uh and and well what have you got for what do you got for episode eight if you don't say this i will well clarify for me in our little round robin here have you gone on eight yet it's fine if eight, you haven't. Eight's where we sure. are. Yeah, yeah. Right, I know, I know. But did you do your eight? Yeah. I uh, well, I kind of, kind of tiptoed my way into it a little bit. I didn't say formally like what I wrote down, but but yeah, I kind of tiptoed into it, and then I'll I'll round us off. Um. Well, I, it's so weird, and and I texted all of you this last night, and that was immediately after finishing eight, uh, and then finishing season two of Lost right after it with my kids, but. Uh, so it's been a, a, a fun media uh, vacation here. Mm. Uh, Bluey, Lost, Stranger Things. Um, <laughs> but it's so weird to actually still hold at a slight, mm, how do I phrase this? I still kind of hold loosely my, this is a strong word, allegiance to Stranger Things. Um, okay. And yet I kind of unabashedly love season three. Um, I think it's better than season one pound for pound uh, season one, of course, is fantastic insofar as it introduces us to all these characters and concepts, but by the end, read your references by the end, when those fireworks start flying, I'm like, damn, I want to watch this on a giant screen. Like yeah. it is yeah. cinematic and it is gorgeous. And it is all of these story threads coming together and what i wrote down was and, and y'all know this if you ever got around to listening to it i can't stand season two billy and yeah. dad gummit they do it they <laughs> yeah. yeah they land that plane i still would i i would still contend for as much as the show wants each season to be its own story that they fail him in season two that the, kind of creatively uh, but you know, having what we have now, I think they pull out of the skid and do it with grace and with dare I say it, love it toes that line between poppy and deep heart, uh, you know, that, that kind of gets us to this final, you know, the, 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 the kind of final two scenes that haven't been explicitly stated in episode eight are uh, uh, Dusty Buns and Susie Poo finally connecting, and oh then the, 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 the letter. But I, I do feel compelled to just like I remember. I remember watching this season, kind of, kind of just slamming through it the the weekend it released. Probably even going into it cautious, you know, like I don't know, but I'm going to do it because because I like being a part of the conversation. And I can still remember just the, the the kernel of feelings attached to that experience watching it that just got revisited three months ago. Uh, if you keep up with every episode of Fear of God, you heard me reference rewatching season three with my kids for the first time. And then now this, like the way the never ending story call out mm. kind of weaves this beautiful 
lovely joy mm-hmm. into this really dark world these characters inhabit is just astounding. Like, mm-hmm. like just watching it, your heart can't help but soar. Like, I get it. I know there are holdouts and and people and and I'm kind of one of them with a lot of things. Like I'm I'm kind of cynical and you know you you kind of don't want to be manipulated, but dang, when when it's done well, I'm like, yeah, you you did it. You have yeah. you pulled it off and not only pulled it off, but like everything is just singing, no pun intended. And that scene yeah. just <laughs> it it tie it 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 ties the show together. Mm-hmm. across its entire canon and it's yeah. amazing it is um, a it is an absolutely perfect moment because yeah, yeah. all of all of the stakes are going on they need this and i by that time yeah. here's what's great about it the first time through you know it's coming with any rewatch but the first time through when he's like your number is wrong oh man yeah, I had, Plank's constant wasn't even on my mind. I didn't. I was just like, oh, okay, like whatever. And then he's like, well, well I guess the number's wrong. I, I don't know. And then Dustin's sitting there like, oh man, like what is a, uh, or, or you know, he then immediately starts to pull the dial. And I was like, wait, what? What are we about to see? And then when she's like, Dusty Buns, I'm like, oh my god, I had forgotten all about. Yeah, oh, even perfect. The, even though they reference it as Steve and Robin joking, like, yeah, I don't think she's real or whatever. I was pretty sure I was like, Dustin with a boyfriend, you know, with a girlfriend or whatever. But then when Susie turns out to be a real person, that's already just like joy personified. You're just like, sure, oh, that's sure. delightful. But then when she is holding out, because she's like, I want to hear it. And I'm like, what? Uh, oh, she wants him to tell her that he loves her or something like that. And it was just like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Everything goes quiet. <laughs> And then, I mean, like, freaking Mind Flayer is chasing the Todd father. And, like, every, everything, goes, everything goes quiet. Joyce and Hopper are down there, like, waiting for the code. And you just, with no other, uh, a, 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 like, affectation, you hear Dustin just the, turn around. And I'm like, what is, what is happening right here? And then it all culminates in freaking Susie, like, doing the whole never-ending. Is this she raises her hand? And I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, it's amazing. It, it is, is truly thing. breathtaking. Like, we talk on the show a lot how we don't know if sometimes the creators or the architects of the media we watch comprehend exactly what they reach at and maybe occasionally yeah. touch and to me that's one of them i'm like i don't know if you guys quite i know you i know they know it's special no question sure. it is special i i don't know if you know you're like touching touching something there yeah i mean yeah, like, if you yeah. go back if you go back and, and because it isn't just the revelation of Susie being real it isn't just the cute loveliness of the two of them singing a song together it's that song it's like, yes, yeah. because because yes. not only is that a nostalgia touch point, but as, if you go listen to our conversation about that film, you like this, this, the whole ethos of what that is about reaches for something beyond just the players in its own story. And yeah, that's no, absolutely kind of you, you've kind of hit magic when when yeah. that when you pull that off. And it's really amazing. Absolutely. Vera, you were about to say something. What do you want to say? <laughs> I like I love everything about that scene. And my absolute favorite part is when it briefly like it briefly cuts to everyone listening in on the walkie talkie. Yeah. And it cuts to Hopper, and you just see him die inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Joyce, she's like banging her head against the wall in the background. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's amazing. It's so wonderful. So yeah, that, I mean, that moment is just like, it's, it's, it's such a wonderful. And then of course it touches off after all of that bombast and the laughter and everything like that. She's just like, Planck's constant is yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I'm just like, oh my God, it's so wonderful. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's just, it's also wonderful. And then well, it's, um, it's, I'm sorry to cut you off. It's yeah. amazing to me to think like, I just imagine writer's room sometimes when you're, when they're just like, huh, is this yeah. going to work? You know, like oh just, my gosh. just, okay. just plotting and planning and orchestrating and then shooting and then just crossing your fingers. Like, let's, yeah. let's hope it works. Man, yeah. it, it works. Yeah. It was, it was fantastic. Um, I think the only other thing, cause you already kind of referenced the letter that Hopper uh, has but written to yeah. her. Like, I think it was pretty presumed because we, I mean, rule of thumb with any of these like eighties horror things, if you don't see a body, they are, they might not be dead. And now of course there it's, aren't you know, dead. Yes. <laughs> are, yes, aren't dead. <laughs> um, and of course the stranger things season four teasers have shown us no hopper is not dead, but even still in the moment watching it, when you still kind of don't really think he, he's actually going to be gone. Um, it's, it, it's a touching and a kind of a sweet, like it, it's got its melancholy. It means a lot for Joyce, especially everything that they've gone through. And then his, his letter to L is just, so so lovely and knowing like when mm-hmm. it was written and the context in which it was written um it's just it, it's really wonderful i feel like this show uh lands with such tremendous affection and uh yeah it's just it's it's really really delightful um before we get into any anything sort of like overarching about what the show is interested in thematically did anybody else have anything more on the the trivial nature of it before we kind of round to that side of things Anything um, else that just didn't get mentioned? Yeah, go ahead, Vera. The uh, this is a trivial bit um, about the never-ending story. Thing is it Limnal who sings it? Is that the name of? The I think artist? that's the name. Yeah, I think that's the um, name. Was like super surprised that after this episode came out, the song's popularity went up like eight hundred and twenty-five percent on <laughs> oh, Spotify. I believe it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. I'm sure. Oh that's yeah, so and I'm sure it's never terribly low. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And oh, the other man. thing I wrote down, and I don't know why I wrote it down, but maybe you guys will know, 88 miles per hour. Yeah. Why did that come up it's in back one to of the, the episode? Back to the Future? Yeah, it's from, oh, it's from Back to, it. yeah, back it's the because they're watching Back to the Future when they, <laughs> when Steve and Robin are still like high on truth serum or whatever yeah, it is they it. gave them. And, <laughs> and then and, I wrote down the calculation for it in kilometers because I was like, I don't know how fast <laughs> that is. <laughs> that's awesome oh that's fantastic that's great um well i uh so normally what we do is we when we're you know these days when we're diving into more thematic uh elements of this we kind of come uh braced with questions i must confess that i didn't really prepare that uh this time around uh i have something that i would like to say about it but i want to just yield first does anybody have like a thematic question that they wanted to i just don't want to dominate the conversation so no? i just wrote down part of hopper's letter Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Share what you've written. So this is um, the end of his letter. And what he says to Al is, keep on growing up. Don't let me stop you. Make mistakes. Learn from them. And when life hurts you, because it will, remember the hurt. The hurt is good. It means that you're out of that cave. But please, if you don't mind, for the sake of your poor old dad, keep the door open three inches. Mm. Yes. Mm, yeah, it's so lovely. It's so lovely. I, can I toss out there? I'm sorry. Please, um, please go ahead. I mean, I, I don't know if you're heading a particular direction, Reed, but previous, the the immediate 
prior elements of it to me encapsulate, you know, there, there's a, there's a easy case to be made that Hopper is kind of the heartbeat of the show. You know, I mean, the yeah. kids, the kids are the, the kind of locomotive element, uh, but his kind of journey emotionally is, is one of the driving forces as well. And, you know, he's talking, he's recounting his experience with L and he says, lately I've been feeling distant from you. Like you're pulling away from me. I miss playing board games, watching Westerns. You're growing, changing. If I'm being real honest, that is what scares me. Mm. I don't want things to change. Yeah. And I guess I would just sort of throw that out to all of us of, uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll couch it in my own. I mean, that hits hard and all of us are parents of of children of varying ages but you know what 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 do we keep from thriving inadvertently mm. because we've bought into this i don't want things to change idea mm. you know and and I, I don't know i don't know that 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 line hits really hard for me personally uh and not because of a real direct or real specific sort of oh it makes me think of this but just the general emotional energy about it I don't want things to change like that. There's, there's so much and, and, and I'll, I'll make a huge leap right here, you know, but I'm going to, I'm going to upstream that directly into the idea of the never ending story is constant change. You know, life itself is constant change. And, and it's almost like if you, if you have stopped caring or pursuing something about that change, again, I'm being a bit nebulous intentionally because it's pretty, hard to define what I'm saying at, at what point are we sort of holding back goodness from the world, from our children, from our families, you right. know, and, and step that a bit further of we as carriers of good news to a world, to this world, you know, what, what are we, what are we withholding? What are we holding back when we resist that change you know he, he even says it life this is life you know life will hurt you but you learn from it it is good you know we we, we don't want things to change because it means it's going to hurt yeah uh, but in his own words the hurt is good it means you're out of that cave i don't know i don't know this guy, yeah please please i'm just well no i mean th- that's what i think this whole season has been about I mean, I, honestly, this whole notion, Hopper says it more succinctly than anybody else does, but that's this whole season. Everybody's relationship is changing. We talked about in, uh, in, in, in episode, uh, three and four talking about Will's grieving, uh, when he's mm-hmm. sitting in Castle Byers and he's looking, he's, and, and, and he views those things that he once viewed with such affection. Now he thinks they're so stupid, but he himself is going through something that we'd be very empathetic to, but it's that resistance to change. My, my dynamic with them is changing now. And I love the moment. And again, I'm going to, I'm about to go through just like a couple more examples, but I love that moment at the end where he puts his D and D books in the donation box and he's like, I'll play yours when I'm back. It's changing. It's not yeah. over. He's not bitter anymore. I'll play yours when I'm back, you know? And so then, um, you know, the relationship between Mike and L that naturally has to evolve from, from what it was into whatever more mature version it's, it's now going to be. Um, Dustin and Billy coming to turn like her having uh, admittedly, it's not explored in great depth on the show, but having to sort of come to terms with things about her brother, she's never had to confront before. She just has affection and he's just a jerk sometimes, but she's having to really sort of wrestle with some of that. 
Hopper and Joyce and the way their sort of tension with after everything that they've gone through is beginning to change. Um, Stephen Robin, like just one after one. That's what it feels like this entire season has been about is these relationships fracturing and recognizing that in order to move to the next phase, this is like the crux. And I feel like we come to this point probably multiple times in multiple relationships where we will come to a place where it says, okay, at this point, this relationship will either die and be a memory or it will change and now become the new thing that it is. And it will still be a vibrant, living, thriving relationship, friendship, uh, you know, romantic relationship, parental relationship, whatever it is. It'll either be those things or it will fade now and be something that we used to have. And I feel like that's a crossroads that longstanding, vibrant relationships, like real relationships, are always going to have to pass through. They're going to have to pass through, uh, not, not intentionally using this, they'll have to pass through that gate. You know, like that, that's something that they will have to transition and they'll, and it will either survive on the other end. Um, and thank goodness it has because we're out of the cave or it won't. And I find that really lovely. I find it challenging. Uh, but I do find it really lovely. I have maybe a couple of closing thoughts on it, so I don't want to share that without giving Jess and Vera an opportunity to. Uh, so, Jess, what do you what do you, what do you think about what we're exploring with that general idea in relation to the show or anything else? I mean, I think I think you guys hit on it. I mean, because just the change. I mean, and it's hard. Like I can't view a lot of things without the eyes of a parent. You know, especially when sure. you're watching the show with your children. Um, and, you know, watching it, especially with my son, who's about their age, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy as a mom watching your little boy become a man, you mm-hmm. know, before your eyes. It's a really, it's a different experience than watching your, my daughter grow up. It's just kind of different. You can relate. Um, so when I hear you say it like that, you know, I kind of put together that it is, and I think that is part of the appeal. I think I'm drawn to those shows because it, it, I'm constantly reliving everything that I remember mm-hmm. from that time period of like, you know, this person, this relationship, this changing, that that is just so much of the beauty of the show. I don't know. And it, it reminds me of Wonder Years. I have to say that in, that, <laughs> in like a completely different way, but just that change just really watching and the fact that it is i think you've mentioned a couple times they've done such a you know good time good job of having actual kids at that age so you Mm -hmm. see them grow Mm -hmm. up for real um and i I have to throw in i think i nathan you mentioned way back in the season one discussion about what a complete waste of a character ted the dad is i remember his name yeah 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 but besides him, I do enjoy the parents and even Karen, like mm-hmm. even that little bit we get of Karen and Nancy in the kitchen oh, at one great. time. Yeah. I absolutely, I absolutely love that. And as weird as the, the Billy and Karen thing was, I, I gave her, I'm like humanize that middle-aged mom, like, go for it. You know, just, it was just little, little things like that. Um, but I don't know it, yeah. I'm kind of feel like I'm rambling, but I, I agree with you in that it is this constant change. Sure. Absolutely. Vera, what do you think? Um, yeah. 
Ted, the dad, is uh, my husband Rob's favorite character. He loves Ted. <laughs> <laughs> the classic dad with like the newspaper who like doesn't care <laughs> he's like i want to be that guy <laughs> that's awesome that's fantastic um, but yeah no i think that this what the season does a really great job of capturing is the bittersweet feeling yes. of change so yeah. mm. change mm. hurts but change is also good and um like i it's something that as we've all said like as a parent my kids are still really little, but I can see, you know, my middle daughter is turning um, as of this recording on Saturday. So two days from now, she's turning four. And I can see that like four year old, like shift from three to four, like there's more of an attitude change. There's more of a, an assertion of her independence. Like I can see that changing in her and I'm, I love it. I love to see my kids grow and change. And at the same time, I want to hold on to that little baby that they are. Um, and so I think that this season does a really great job of capturing that feeling of mm. wanting to hold on to something, but also wanting to let it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's, uh, it culminates, especially, I love the way you just put that wanting to hold on to something, but wanting, you know, like knowing you have to let it go and wanting to let it go at the same time. I think it's important that this season ends with them leaving Hawkins, you know, those, yeah. those just absolutely gut wrenching. They're looking around at the, you know, at the places in their room and, and, um, and, you know, it, it reminds me, uh, I, I think about a lot uh, about the ways in which we try so hard to make or manufacture moments with the people that we love in the places where we felt safe and the, th- and the ways or doing the things we felt safe doing. And when we try to manufacture that or try to force that to be that way again, I think we're really doing ourselves a disservice because we're kind of just trying to retread something. Um, and what might be more valuable to us is to maybe have a couple of key factors, a couple of like, uh, like, oh, obviously we'll, we'll get together again or we'll see each other again. But here's what, here's what it's striking me right now. It's like our relationships with our parents, and I'll talk about it in relationship with my relationship with my son. Like, if I'm not agile enough in my understanding and observation of who he is, I will always and forever see him as things I've already learned about him. Mm-hmm. So I'll always just see him as the six-year-old version, the four-year-old version, the whatever. And hopefully I can be agile enough to get to know, he's nine now, to, to get to know the nine-year-old version of him and to learn that afresh and learn that anew. And if I'm, if I'm agile enough to develop that new skill, then maybe I will be able to do the same thing when he's 13 or when he's 15 or when he's a man. Um, because otherwise, like I feel like in the relationships that I've had, familial or friendship or anything, it's that when it comes time to change, if you no longer have the language that you used to have mm-hmm. and you don't have the, the desire or the, the um, I'm, uh, I'm struggling to find the appropriate word for it, but if you don't push through and find the new language for who you are right now, then all you will be left with is kind of like a, I hate to say it this way, but like a stain on a memory where it's just like, oh yeah, I guess those times are over now and we're not, we're not those people anymore. And it's like, but yeah, but you could be new people in new things now. Mm -hmm. And, and as long as we continue to resist and, and listener co-hosts explode that wherever you want to in expressions of faith, expressions of place, um, a, a, a rap wrestling with an issue. I've always been very frustrated when people are um, kind of 
uh, unwilling to admit that certain conclusions about certain things about your life, like I heard Paul Simon say this one time where he was, and Paul Simon is uh, one of the people creatively, maybe him, Stephen King, Ray Bradbury, who, when they talk about their creative process, I extremely pay attention because they often say some really profound things. He says, yeah, I go to concerts and everybody wants me to do the Simon and Garfunkel stuff, Mm. but I'm, I can't be that anymore. I'm not that age. I've learned all these different things. So even if I redo the song, it's going to be me doing the song now. Like it's going to be, it's going to have that energy. It's going to have that focus on it. And I feel like so many times we ourselves get super frustrated with just the fact that times are changing and we haven't woken up to expect like, you know, I've expressed on the show before about how like, uh, or I've, I've quoted that GK Chesterton quote where he talks about how, uh, the faith died over history multiple times mm-hmm. and then it came rushing back. And I'm just like, you know, to drop a, a note of scripture on here, like, what do we think being transformed from glory to glory is mm-hmm. if not a death and resurrection? You know, mm-hmm. like, what do, we, what do we think that we, we think, oh, yeah, we've got to constantly go uh, backwards and, and preserve and we've got to preserve. And I'm like, man, give me what's in the morning, you know, like, give me. Mm-hmm. Give me what's on the horizon. What does what does the Lord have me for me now? What does my family have for me now? My relationships, art, um, you know, mechanism. What what's what's on the next page? And uh, and I really hope that I can have the the strength of character or the courage to say like, okay, moving into the next page means the other page is now going to be memory, hopefully cherished memory, hopefully learned memory, but it will now be that. And hopefully I will have the strength to embrace whatever is, uh, is coming on the horizon. So, well, I really, I I really love your use of the word agile there because it is such an appropriate, uh, it it is almost a virtue that we neglect, uh, in favor of perhaps it's opposite lethargy. And I've had this really profound experience and, and Vera and Reed specifically because of 47 meters down, we'll, we'll understand some of this, like our four-year-old um, right before this beach trip we're on right now uh, did four days of swimming lessons. She had never done swimming lessons. She had up till now had pretty minimal kind of water time. Um, just, I mean, uh, I mean, COVID was a quarter of her life, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so uh, pretty, pretty minimal exposure there. And so she did these swimming lessons and one, I went to a couple of them and, and honestly, the, the, the place conducting them was pretty mild in terms of the lessons themselves. It was very easy, ease the kid into underwater time. And so, uh, it is that we're recording on a Thursday. I've been here with the three kids since Sunday and my wife just got here today and progressively these last four days, the house we're in has a pool. And y'all, this four-year-old is a friggin' fish. (laughs) She is a fish and it is mind blowing. And it is like Reed, your, your sort of descriptor there of entering a new level. Like, like we have pushed into something different and I'm watching this little human whom by my personal admission challenges me in her skill. I'm like dead gum kid. Like Mm -hmm. when my wife got here today, we had um, all of us in the pool for a little while today. And even she was like, is she okay? I thought, yeah, watch this. And (laughs) I mean, this four-year-old is scooping up 
uh, 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 one, two, three dive sticks off the bottom of the pool for like 15 seconds and coming back up. And my wife's like, is she okay? I'm like, yeah, it's amazing. Isn't it? You know, it's like, it's yeah. on the, on the one hand, there's this ownership of like, Oh, that's our kid. On the other hand, I'm like, I had nothing to do with this. You know, look at her go like the, the agility of just sort of our human experience and, and what that kind of, and that's a real, you know, maybe silly example, but is this real, it has been a profound metaphor for me this week of like watching yeah. this human wow. who, yes, I had a participant in its creation and it's, you're here, uh, but your whole life is going to be this. And I have, so I get to be blessed by mm. your growth. And that's yeah. sort of what Hopper is sort of describing there, right? Like yeah, I didn't want sure. things to change, but, but look at you. And, and you're growing and you're doing these things and, and keep doing those things. Like, I love that part of the letter. Keep growing kid. Yeah. Like, yeah. Man, that is oh. good stuff. Like, it's, because, yeah, because so much of our, it's so weird the ways we, maybe I'm just speaking for me, but I feel like the ways the world, which feels dumb to say the ways our, 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 uh, families of origin trajectory, perhaps our churches, just, just these cultures we grow up in, keep uh propel us towards a static state sure like yeah. well i am i am the me i am and so nothing really is going to change you know like mm -hmm. and, and i you know there's there's huge leaps between what i'm trying to say and things like oh you know the critics of pick a dumb thing <laughs> dumb people are critical of but i think you know what i'm saying but the idea that we arrive which is just baloney mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like yeah. this hopper is to L as we should be to ourselves in the mirror. Keep growing kid. Like you, you, you've got so much, the world is so big. Reed, you talked about recently and it's really stayed splintered in my brain. This, this idea of wonder and discovery that feels kind of gone mm -hmm. as, mm -hmm. as the age we kind of are, or at least I feel as I, though I am in terms of my current life. It's like, where, man, I miss just discovering a thing. Yeah. Discovering a sequence of things and discover, you know, whether that's a movie or an idea, like, and, and being able to figure out how to interlock that or interlace that or, or maneuver that or discard that, you know, whatever. Right. And I'm a person who thinks I'm decent at this, you know, <laughs> like if, if even I'm saying, man, I want to keep growing and even still feel like I still try to do that, but it's in fits and starts. I don't, I don't know. I'm just kind of rambling, but just, yeah. just illustrating this lovely example of, of watching my kid sort of birth into this new, phase of life yeah well what where did we get the notion and this is this is kind of a rhetorical question but where did we get the notion that the first image we have of god in the scriptures is as a creator where did we get the notion that there is not continually going to be more things going to be created that when we hear a phrase like behold i make all things new that that somehow means behold i take all things backwards behold i put everything back you know the way it was instead of that opportunity that there is wonder there is there is discovery there are things on or the that we rephrase it in our spirits to say behold i made all things new and now they're old and you get to right. live with the old thing right yes yes and and that's a you know like i get the 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 scriptural metaphors keep like popping and crackling with me but it's like like you can't put new wine in old wine skins like eventually right. the wine skins are going to wear out and i've got new wine to share with you and and that's the thing is i feel like we limit ourselves so much and, uh, and I've expressed this maybe even on the show before, and this will be my final button on it. Then I'll invite everybody to sort of share final thoughts if you have them and, and, and we'll, we'll close things out. But, um, you know, like for me, and I've said this for years, I hope that this will remain true for as long as I live. 
I know some people for whom their faith is very much uh, a limitation. Well, I can't do this because of my faith, or I don't do this because mm-hmm. of my faith. And, uh, and, and true, there are certain degrees to which there are things that, yeah, well, it, because of my convictions, I want this, I want that, obviously, you know, standards of conduct, standards of whatever. But I have always felt that my faith opens me up, that mm-hmm. my faith, uh, I'm going to use stranger things language. My faith keeps the door at least three inches open, that <laughs> there's not a, there's not a place to which I'm going to slam and close and lock that, 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 that I always try to, maybe we call it stay curious. Maybe we call it staying open. Maybe we call it staying receptive, uh, whatever it is. But I'm, but I'm, but I always am feeling like, no, in, in every, in every big thing that I would point to and say like, yeah, that's, that's what the Lord has touched my life with. It's been this, this openness or an opening up to something else to be like, oh, okay, look, look here. You didn't, you didn't even see this over here, you know, like, oh, look over that. And, and so, you know, I hear uh, the scriptures where he talks about like, hey, hey, wait, 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 have you looked at the lilies? Like, have you looked at mm-hmm. them? Have you considered them? Have you looked at the birds recently? Have you considered those recently? And I feel like, that is something that we really, um, you know, I, I, I would wish and long for that for myself, for as long as I may live here, and for everybody else who would embrace the name of Jesus. That, like, no, that 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 opens it up. The tomb, the tomb is empty, and 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 you're out of the cave in Stranger Things language. And like, yeah, look, look, behold, everything mm. that is ahead of you, and all the things that uh, that now continue to be uh, guided and and moved forward. And it it hurts my heart sometimes when I can tell and feel just how closed in and how how caved in and how locked in uh, that those expressions of faith uh, are to some people. And that's just. That's that's where my head and mind and heart are at uh, right now in this in this moment. Um, before we sort of you know possibly wind all this down, wanted to uh, just say like anybody, no obligation to, but if, if, does anybody have any sort of final thoughts? Anything that you would say like, oh yeah, I didn't get to say this, really wanted to, or you know piggybacking on this, or even something more trivial. I'm just gonna leave I, it. Uh, the yeah, I kind of understand. Um, read what you're saying in terms of um, people having their faith them in i cannot remember where i heard this metaphor um but uh faith is kind of like a playground with a fence and Mm -hmm. so um they've done studies where kids in a playground that have a large but fenced off area for their safety tend to utilize that space more but people who don't understand um but when they remove that fence kids tend tend to like stick to a smaller space because they right. don't know where it's safe to go and play. So mm-hmm. they use up less of that space. And I feel like people um, who might be using their um, faith to close themselves off to things don't understand that faith actually gives them clear boundaries so that they can mm-hmm. exercise more freedom. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. And I think that that's kind of what, what Hopper is telling um, L to go and do right, like yeah. to grow, to experience. Yes, it's going to hurt. Yes, you're going to, you know, have questions. You're you're not going to understand these things, but you know what? You're not in that cave. But also leave the door three inches open. Like still yeah. keep in touch mm-hmm. with me. Still, you know, don't don't let's lose this relationship. And I think one of the characters in the show that kind of shows what we've been saying about people not understanding growth is Steve. Like Hopper's the one character that went through it, a huge turn. And then Steve is the other one, right? Like 
the other character aside from the kids that have, has really changed a lot from season mm-hmm. one, like totally different person. <laughs> so and at the end of episode eight, he goes into the video mm-hmm. store with Robin and the guy yeah. there just sees him as Steve, the hair from high school yeah. <laughs> and, and Robin who went through all of it with him. Like she knows that he is a new person, but this guy doesn't, he's just seeing, you know, that old guy from high school with the good hair and blah, blah, blah. And he doesn't care about him. He doesn't see the growth that has happened. He's just imagining him stagnant. Um, And that's something that I think that a lot of people find challenging as well is when you've gone through growth and change, um, people who have known you before tend to just see you as before instead of seeing you where you are at now. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's very wise, very astute. I do love that. I forget. I, I think I heard first heard that boundary metaphor actually from Chesterton. I keep quoting Chesterton, but that's, <laughs> that's where I first heard that. And I've always found that really encouraging to know that it's like, uh, yeah, that it's actually like the, the, the freedom that's desired is not anarchy. You know, the freedom that's desired is not, you know, just utter, uh, rampant chaos. Um, that, that there is just this like, um, you know, like getting back to the, the lilies analogy, like, you know, lilies have form and they have, you know, cycles of life and everything, but uh, they still have so much to teach us. And I feel like sometimes people are so resistant to hearing anything new or, uh, or even in sharing anything new. And I love the way you put that, that it's like, no, the boundaries are there so that you can have freedom, you know, like that's, that's part of, uh, of what that's all about. And I just think I find that really, really lovely. Um, Jess, did you have anything to add? I don't want to cut you out. I just want to know, this is taking it back to a bit shallower, but sure. Sure. So will always grabbing his neck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is, is this something? Well, it's sense. Yeah. It's, it's, it's 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 actually because he feels that's where he feels um, the mind flare when he's, when he's close, like the radar. I just am curious because I'm like, are they, are they telling us, like, is there still something there? Oh, interesting. I mean, I think these people are. I mean, is that, gonna... I'm just wondering what you guys, because every time I'm like, why is he still grabbing his neck? Because he yeah. was doing that in two. But then like it was it's out. It's gone. Yeah. But then he's sure. still doing this all through three. So I'm like, I don't. Why does he keep doing that? I, well, I thought would, of yeah, it ahead. like. Frodo, um, after he had been stabbed with the blade on Weathertop, and how like he still feels the pain still there. Okay, like, yeah, that that's yeah. how and, I. Yeah, and, no, I'm and just good, curious what other people think. Good sure, on you, Vera, yeah. for making a Weathertop reference, which is also a Stranger Things reference. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I think I think they smartly gave Will a role beyond the sad, can't play Dungeons and Dragons character of sure. he's the radar now. He's the one who's like. <laughs> It's here. <laughs> it's near. My spider sense is tingling. In the Batmobile. Um, yes. yes. Uh, um, I do feel like I should throw out one of my favorite. This is a triple bit for me, but the heroes, the Peter Gabriel heroes needle drop is, is, is just amazing. I it's love wonderful. it. Yeah. At the no, end. It's um, wonderful. It's, it's good. Good stuff. 
Yeah, it's absolutely wonderful. Um, okay, so uh, we're we're very quickly going to do uh, the fog meter uh, on Stranger Things season three, um, and then depending on people's time and availability, maybe we'll answer a couple more trivia questions, and then say goodbye to the '80s party for the month of July. Okay, so um, fog meter is our very specific metric of fear and God, where we rate these things on their scares and their substance. Uh, Vera, I'm coming to you first for Stranger Things season three. What would you give it out of ten for the fear measurement? Just season three, not the show as a whole. Yeah. For the like Cronenberg-esque body horror alone, I will give it a 7.5. All right. That's right. Okay, Jess, what would you give it? For this season, um, seven. I'm going to say seven. Okay. Um, I'll go ahead and echo myself, but like I I was going to give the fear for this season a seven. I think that when it gets scary, it's really, it's really quite scary. In fact, Vera you've convinced me I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Cause I just, I feel like seven isn't, you know, like I was just, I'm just going to push it that other yeah, it's edge. Not an of, eight, but like, yeah, <laughs> just a, just a little bit more. So um, yeah, seven and a half for me, Nathan, what do you think? Uh, you know, so much of these ratings are often on some version of curve and my curve for this one is kind of watching it through the eyes of my kids uh, whom I remember showing them the trailer to season one and then being like, <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, so that coupled with just the com- compositional makeup of the mind flayer, uh, uh, then further coupled with, I-, I am going to couch this in the thrilling aspect of the season. Mm-hmm. I reference this, I reference this read on our last week's episode. I think the structure of this season is incredibly well, uh, designed, yeah. uh, from, from a thriller standpoint. In other words, the peaks are really sharp and punctuated and high. Uh, mm-hmm. And there are very few lows. You referenced um, the cabin fight, the hospital encounter, um, uh, uh, the, the sauna test, uh, the culminating in the battle of Stark. Like uh, I'm going to give it a nine uh, based wow. again, less, less on horrifying elements and more thrilling substance. Mm-hmm. Sure. What would you give it on the God meter? Same season. Um, ignoring slight anxiety in what may come of season f- with season four, um, but recognizing how I articulated the never-ending story uh, uh, scene and what it does for the season as a whole, whether they meant it to or not, I think it hits pretty high notes. And I'm going to give it a nine two for substance. Nice. nice. Um, I'm going to join you on that nine because I feel like this season is really strong. The things that this season is exploring have hit me harder than seasons one and two did, even though I love seasons one and I I'm with Jess. I also love season two. I think Jess, you and I may be the only two apologists for season two on the planet, but, uh, but I, I am very fond of season two, though. I admit it's the weakest of the three. Um, I'm still very fond of it, but this thematically, I think they're doing some really touching things that connect with me, uh, in some pretty strong ways. So I'm going to join you on, uh, nine for that. Uh, Vera, what would you say for the God meter? Yeah, I think that this season is very intentional about what it's trying to say. And I think that's evidenced um, in Hopper's letter to Elle. Mm, so yeah. I, because of the intentionality behind it and because I just find it such a heart, like despite all the horror and stuff, a heartwarming season. Sure, There's so much to love about it and so much that is beautiful about it. So I am going to give it an eight. All right. Jess, bring us home. What will you give it on all the right. meter? I think I'm going to, I'm going to say a 10. 
I mean, <laughs> there you go. I absolutely awesome. like, I think keep, everything keep growing kid. You all said <laughs> like the letter, the, um, and just, yeah, it was yeah. just a beautiful reckoning for all the characters. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's awesome. And that means that on the whole, we give Stranger Things season three an eight out of 10 on the fog meter. So that is a pretty substantive show. You've come a long way, Stranger Things, from our season two conversation. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> no kidding. Kid. And I think uh, it may go without saying we can all just sort of echo this out together. Um, like, obviously, it feels like we recommend season you know, season three of Stranger Things. Yes. Like, you know, like yeah, that's we all recommend it. Don't yeah, listen to the people from <laughs> that's right. we that's, recommend We all recommend Stranger Things season three. No, absolutely. I think it's uh, I think it's delightful. I'm super excited for season four. I'm rooting for them. Mm-hmm. I'm probably always going to root for the show. Um, and so I love it so much. And this has been an absolute delight. Before we just say goodbye, you want to try to do a couple Let's just a couple more? A couple more? Okay. We'll do one more each one. And here's what I'll do is I'm just going to grab the card and oh. then you can pick the category. We won't do the ro- rolling of the dice or whatever, but you yeah. can pick the category, uh, whichever one you want to go out on. So Vera, I'm coming to you. All right. <laughs> so literally going to get like exclude myself. No, no, no. I'm coming to get you. It wrong so, my computer's going to shut off. <laughs> so, so again, it's uh, movies, TV, music, famous people and events, ten, trends, tech and fun or stranger things. So what I'm do you want to give a shot at? Trends, tech and fun again. I'm, okay. I'm hoping for trends or fun. Oh, man. Okay. Because so <laughs> y'all failed at tech. Hard. Oh, man. So here's, here's what we're going to try to. Okay. What Nintendo video game controller was placed on the floor and stepped on in order to play games such as world-class track meet. Oh, my God. I don't know this. I'm ashamed of me for forgetting what this thing oh, is called. Oh, you don't oh know what gosh. it is? Okay, okay. No, I don't know I what it is. I just can't remember the name of it. Wait, no, no. It's not driving, right? What'd you say, Reed? No, no, no. Okay, so what Nintendo video game controller was placed on the floor and stepped on to play games such oh. as world class track meet, track meet like oh, track. Oh, no, don't even <laughs> run in. Don't run in real life or imaginary life. <laughs> okay, I think I think Jess knows this one. Uh, so I I'm, mean, Jess, shout it out. What is it? Power pad. It's the power pad. Nice, it's good job. Pad. Nice. Good that job. Was so fun doing the hurdles. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that sounds Absolutely. like the worst. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. All right. Vera. It's the we. It's the we. It's the we fit of nineteen eighty seven. Vera, same card. What character in Stranger Things is played by David Harbour? Uh, Hopper. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, good good job. Job. <laughs> You're an expert. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Jess. Uh, what what category do you want? Um, the famous people and events. Okay, you got it. Okay, what was the first Japanese automaker to produce cars in the U.S.? Doing so in 1982 in an Ohio factory that was making its motorcycles. So you're looking for an, a Japanese automaker. I know, which of course I've narrowed it down to two. All right. <laughs> I think it's Toyota. Okay. All right. That is not the right answer. So it's the other one. Honda. <laughs> it's, the other one. It's, it's a Honda. Yes. <laughs> so it is. It is Honda. Okay. You got enough answers, right? I'm not giving you another one. No, I, one give right. me a question. I'm, no, a that's question. One, no, I'm, I'm, oh, 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 I was oh, talking oh, to Jess. Jess doesn't get a oh, bonus because oh, oh, oh. he doesn't pity gotcha. her. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you have okay. no pity. It's a fun. It's party. Okay. So uh, what, do you, what do you want? What category do you want? Nathan. 
Oh, come are on. You, are, we're doing a category and then the Stranger Things ones, right? Do that. Uh, uh, come on. Yeah, because okay. I want to test my knowledge, but I also want okay. Okay. to test All my right. knowledge. I'll go music. Music? All right. What hip-hop group released its first studio album, Licensed to Ill, Beastie Boys. 1986. It is Beastie Boys. Nice. nice. All right. Uh, here you go, Mr. Mr. Hawaiian Shirt. According to Hopper, the worst incident in his first four years as Hawkins police chief was when what kind of bird flew into a woman's hair? Uh, a crow. I don't know. No. It was anybody else know it? Anybody else got it? No? Okay. It was an owl. Her name was owl. Eleanor right. Eleanor Gillespie, and the owl thought her hair was a nest. Um, okay. What was All that right. movie? I, the Staircase. Stairwell? Yeah, with the guy the who owl he, theory? Cl- he claimed the owl did it. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, that's the theory is that the owl did it. Yeah, it's so crazy. All right. I'm going to give Last myself. One, Reed. All right. I'm going to give myself the movie question, and I just pulled this card at random. What movie stars a mouse named Fievel? Who gets separated mm. from his family during the journey <laughs> from Russia to America in the late 1800s? Oh, there are no cats in America on the streets. It's an American of tale. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna see if I know the Stranger Things one. Okay, yeah. so in season two, Steve tells Nancy that he may not be a good boyfriend, but it turns out he's actually a pretty good what? I know this one. He's a babysitter. I mean, I'm not a good boyfriend, but I'm a pretty good babysitter. I'm right. That's awesome. That's a good one to end on. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Thank you all very much. Thank you, listeners, for journeying with us through Stranger Things and through the 80s party. Good Lord, we've had an an incredible time. Uh, Just a lot of fun. We're going to find excuses to do that again. But starting next week, we are going back into the back half of this year, which we spent time with what scares us. Now we are diving into what saves us. As we've said repeatedly, uh, we need your submissions in order to keep this programming going. So please uh, go to the fearofgodpodcast.com, click on the banner on the top, and share your story with us. But where we are going next week, to give you a little bit of a flavor of kind of what kind of things uh, are on the table, next week, we're going to a Disney movie. And uh, Vera and Jess get to hear it first, before anybody else does. (laughs) Uh, Next week, to kick off what saves us, we are going to none other than the place, uh, the, the island of Motonui, and discovering Moana and what Moana has to share with us. So acquaint yourself with Moana, and we are going to be kicking off the What Saves Us leg of the back half of the show. It's funny when I was watching that movie, and, uh, and my wife comes in and she's like, why are you watching Moana? <laughs> and, she, and, she, and, and I'm like, we're covering I'm it not. on the show. Yeah, well, I said, so we're covering it on the show. She said, you're covering it on The Fear of God? <laughs> yes. yes, we are. That's awesome. so, the Fear um, of Demigod. <laughs> Ooh, you're welcome. So, um, <laughs> so, um, so next week, Moana. Uh, thank you so much, Vera. Thank you so much, Jess. This was a lot of fun. Hopefully, you thank had fun you too. guys. Yeah, thank you. And uh, thank you as always, Nathan. And as we say on every episode, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. In that spirit, we encourage you to fear nothing else and be on your way rejoicing. We will see you all next week. Keep those doors open three inches, everybody. <laughs> thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And you can continue the conversation in a variety of ways. You can start by visiting the fear of God for all the latest news and episodes or for merchandise and to contact us directly. You can follow us on Twitter at the fear of God on Instagram at fear of God podcast or join the Facebook fear of God discussion group. 
Special thanks to Jacob Hunt of jacobhuntcomics.com for our artwork, to Lee Wright, who helped me read Lackey write our theme music, and to Tyler Smith at morethanonelesson.com for making our show possible. Lastly, be sure to subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice, and if you listen to us through iTunes, we would greatly appreciate a rating and a review. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.